welcome to episode 20. And this is a monumental um, episode because it's a nice little milestone. And we uh, got uh, we got a special guest. Uh, no, it's not a new guest, but it's a special guest. Um, very fitting to have, very, very fitting for this milestone. We got MPM here. Um, you can follow him at the Dexter Kitty on Twitter. And um, now is that is that supposed to be funny? Right there, the cat. I, I just, I just, just went past the cat in my followers right now, and you got to give the cat some more, you know. Some yeah, more. yeah. The, our right. podcast just started to follow you. So by the way, let, by the way, let's let's stop for a second. So, you see, Craig, this is the point where you start fading out the music in the intro, so it's not playing over the two of us. You know, you, you know, this is the point where you're listening to us talk, and the music should be fading out. Right, good. I just want to make sure, Craig, your your crack IT guy and the operative word being crack <laughs> is, is, is is on is on just the right way. So and anyone that works with me is a by is a de facto IT guy because I'm just not that. Um, but yeah, I'm too lazy to to message him and explain to him what you had told me. So I said, let's just tell him during the podcast. So he's got no choice but to listen to this and right. um, balls in his court. Right. So this is the, this is this twenty this this milestone episode episode twenty. Okay. I and I and I and I was talking to you before we started here. I've had all the episodes you've done. You know, I am the number one most listened to episode of the, the top three episodes you've done. I don't, like to, I, don't, I don't want to compare you to anyone else. There is no comparison to anybody else. We know there is no comparison. It's just me and everybody else is an also ran. There's me in the top three and rising all the time. This is going to be the biggest one ever. All right. Yeah, but so obviously, then, it's so obvious you don't even need to mention it, right? But, exactly. You know, don't have to mention it. But it's but, the first but, thing but you're I'm, talking about. But it's hundreds. It's several hundred listeners every time I'm on the air. Which well, it's, is, definitely, which it's is, definitely more than your YouTube channel. Exactly. Again, but again, sure. this is this is entertainment. That's business is a different thing. We don't have to go back to the YouTube channel. We're talking about I'm doing you a favor here. I make I make money for that. You know, I'm not getting paid for any of this kind of stuff. You get the first thing you tell me tonight. I get a message from this is what this is what goes on behind the scenes, listeners. <laughs> everybody knows. So Zach's testing. He's messaging me, DMing me because I can't. He can't use his cell phone to to message me directly because the Canadian, the, you know, he'd be too much money to, to you know to, to text me or something. So I don't even have his phone number. So he DMs me and says, "Oh, we have a hard stop tonight at 1:30 a.m. Eastern." One, like, one a.m. One a.m. Oh, excuse me. One a.m. Eastern. And, I, and I'm like, I say, first of all, you don't tell the talent when the show is over. Okay. So, so until you start sending me like, a, you know, non-Canadian checks that don't bounce, okay, of money for the show, you know, or, or a Canadian version of a stretch limo, which is like what? A dog sled with 12 mushers? I don't know what it is. Okay. You know, Hooper drives the boat until that time. You understand? Hooper drives the boat, chief. You get that quote? Where's that from? Uh, I don't know. You got you me. Know where, you don't you even know. You got me on that one, Mike. Uh, uh, Hooper Hooper drives the boat, Chief. Is a, oh, is, is that Jaws? Class. Is that Jaws? Yes, Jaws. Thank because you. Because I only got that. I've never seen it, and I've only know that Hooper is a famous line in Jaws. So you know what? Yeah, exactly. There you, you go. Say, I use some of my never. And you've never. Stories. And you've never. And you've never seen the movie. Yeah, I got the. I got the quote, and I've never seen the movie. That's well, pretty, fitting pretty the, fitting, we have a new feature that we're going to be airing. Is you know, I told you I'm a man of a thousand movie lines, and I have a movie line for everything. You're going to try to, try to challenge me with some movie lines. Yeah, I got some. You know, they're not you're, that hard. But um, you're going to give me. You're going to give me some movie lines, and I'm supposed to name that movie with. In 30 seconds or less, that'll be one of the features we do. We have this rapid fire review of a feature. We're going to be going with some things. So that's going to be going on tonight. What else we got lined up on the show? We have, um, uh, we're going to talk about the recent injuries and uh, how the, the first, um, uh, the first part of the draft is going to get sort of rejigged with all the injuries to some of the pitchers. Um, we have, uh, well, I'll tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to do a bold prediction segment because I still don't think you know what one is. Exactly. Um, so yeah, perfect. Let's we're drop gonna, that. We're going to scrap that. Yeah, because 800, um, because 800 other 800 other podcasts do the damn bull prediction thing. 
people people don't need to tune into this show and hear me give another bold prediction on top of the 100 other ones that they've heard already. Yeah, they want to hear you um, guess movie trivia lines. No, not just that. Okay, they want to hear about all the other other genius, interesting things about my life that come up on this that will come up on the show. And you're also going to talk about managing um, how to how to manage fantasy baseball within your own life and how to how to make sure that it doesn't conflict with your, I guess, family. Right. Exactly. What, what, what was it? What, what was that? What did, what did I say? What the name of the actual feature was going to be? We didn't get to it last time. Oh, I have it here, right here. How to train your wife or significant other into fantasy baseball submission. That's how it is. I have a four point plan. Okay, that everybody needs to know about. Right, because I'm tired of hearing how people like this is this is how this is infringing on their fantasy baseball life, you know, by having the answer there's to their spouse. I, I've got a one point plan, and I'll tell yeah. you, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll go after you, but we'll, we'll save that for the end. Yeah, um, just getting back. It's called, to you. it's called it's called it's called kiss your ass's wife because she has your testicles in her back pocket. No, that's no, no, that's, that's not it. Yeah, um, okay. Go um, going back to the, the text messages, I, it's not there's no such thing. There's in my mind, there's no such thing as too much money. It's there's no like there's not these drafts aren't too much money. The main event's not too much money. It's all cost benefit. So I, in terms of texting you, it's a cost benefit. I'm getting very little benefit for what I'm doing. So even if it's 50 cents, it's not worth it to me. So, so in other words, I have, to, I have to see constantly check Twitter to make sure one of your Twitter messages pop up the entire time and be, on, and be on that way where I would get it much more quicker. See, that's, that's, the, that's wasting my time. You know? it's, that's that's, like, it's much, much worse is I have to check Twitter. And I have two Twitters. I have the podcast Twitter and I have the, my own Twitter. And I, sometimes I don't even remember which one I'm using. Yeah. Right. And, that, and that's my fault. But that, that, that you have that you complicated your life oh, that way. That's a choice. That's a choice. Okay. Do you want to do the, do you want to, let's get this movie thing out of the way. So I've worked oh, you, want to do that, you, want, you want to leave it there for, okay, fine. We'll get people a little, little, little entertainment to start off with. And then we're going to get right into, I have a lot of baseball stuff. So go ahead. What do you got for me? You yeah. Gonna, well, let's, let's, let's do the movies and then we'll get into the mining the news article with uh, Zimmerman. Yeah. You challenged me here. Okay. So I spent a good 10 minutes preparing this right before we started to record. Um, a whopping, a whopping 10. This is what I'm going to ask you. This is the level of preparation that goes on for the show. Okay? That's all I need. I, I, have pages of, I have pages of preparation here, not even my show, but I don't get a pay for it. And you the, quote, the, 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 well, the quotes that I came up in 10, with in 10 minutes, most people couldn't come up with in two hours. I'll put it that way. Look, <laughs> you're, look, tell, you're telling me look, you had you, a very you, busy you, day at work. You've... Go ahead. No, go ahead. So you, you specifically told me, I want this segment of these movie, movie quotes on the Fantasy Baseball Podcast. And I'm humoring you, but basically, I have to, you're like a child. I have to prepare activities for you. It's not, it's not, it's not humoring me. It's, it's called stroking the diva. It's taking care of the talent. Okay. I, I have to understand I'm preparing activities for you. Where would, um, your, where would your podcast be at this stage of the game if I hadn't been on the show? Well, you had secured me. Thankfully, where would it be right now? You think well, it'd be at this level of success? Look at this. Look at the region. I don't know about the level, but but Mike, Mike, tell me what is the number one violation of being successful? Um, working with you? No. Ongoingly? No. No, 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 no. It's human nature to sabotage ourselves when things exactly. are going good. Great. Why would you undo everything that you did to be successful? The, the number one reason for failure is stop doing all the things that got you there in the first place. Right. Right. So, so, you know where, so, you know where, do you know where I heard that from? Yeah, that's from me. I know. That's from what's one of my. That's one of my own. I was like, that's very good. Where, who are you listening to? <laughs> you didn't, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't clue in. That's no. It, it, it came to me as you were saying that. That was that was if, my. If, that was, if you don't get that, how are you going to get the movie line? You don't even no, know what I, you, you know, said. I, I know what I said. When you, you, it's good that you're a student of my other of my other of my other um, YouTube stuff. So now you're listening. See, but that's what you do. So okay. sabotaging yourself would be okay. Don't don't piss off the talent so he doesn't come back on your show. 
So let's okay. continue. Let's go into the next thing. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it snappy. Okay, we got we got seven we got seven chords. You might not, um, you might not have. And if I get and, and I'm and I'm gonna try to get through all these real quick, and I'm gonna name them right away, and we're gonna go on from there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna nail them all. Right. Okay. All right. Ready. So number one, Dylan, you son of a bitch, and I probably butchered that. Dylan, you son of a bitch. It's a Schwarzenegger line. Okay. okay. That is from Predator. Correct. The predator, right. see? One ding, for ding, one, ding. One and, one. and that's and that is pretty obscure. Just that that wasn't that's not an obscure movie from the eighties because I've seen it eighty nine about a thousand times. But but that's like a pretty obscure line. Okay, I just yeah. want to tell everyone that there's there was no like preparation for this. Like he doesn't zero. He doesn't, and I I nailed that in about ten seconds, which is pretty freaking. There was good. zero preparation, and I I, I he just said eighties movies, and yeah. and it's free game. Some of them and, 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 and there's. There's a thousand great lines from them that we and that you picked that one. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I want to I want to try and slip you up. And um, I'll warn you, some of these are from late, like some of these aren't actually 1989, so they're right on the board. All right, so they're, clo they're closer to my time. Um, okay. Um, or is there anything on the line here? What if you get all seven? Do you want something like? Is there something you want from me? I don't think you'll yeah, get you, all seven. You, you, if I get all seven right, you have to participate and pay for the thousand dollar DC that's up on right that, that right now that I have up. That needs about three more people to fill it. I got done, another one. Done. Just done. I, I I don't think you'll do it. I'll put my money where my mouth is. Cost benefit. Honestly, honestly, on the fly, mic the mouth. I will. I will pony up. I will pony up a thousand dollars to come into your DC if you get all seven of these. As you as you're changing the lines right now because you don't want that to happen. No, 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 no. There's there's seven of them. So let's do this. Did you even book your trip to come to the to come to the states for any man any any not, kind not, of? Not yet, but you know what? You can help me out in your last segment. How to train your. Uh, Okay. Oh, that's what's holding you back right now. She's not letting you come to New to come to New York. Is that what the problem is? No, it's just a way of me avoiding the question right now. Okay, good. Next, All right, next. So number two. Um, yeah, it's too easy. I wish I didn't. If I knew we were betting a thousand dollars, anyways. See, um, I told you. I told you. You're gonna shift the whole damn thing. Go ahead. Uh, I'm just going through them. See, so you know, see so now you're shifting on the fly. You have to read the ones you have. Okay. That was a deal. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like. I thought this was the easiest one. Quick caps and sleeves at this level, son. Are you Googling this right now? You got, there's gotta what? be a, you can't Google I can't, it. I'm not Googling it, I'm sitting here. It's a okay. freaking, it, it's too late to Google shit. It's 11.50 at night. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. It sounds like a, that you said that's an 80s movie? Because it sounds like almost like a few good men. Nope, wrong. All right, Louis, see there, you're off the hook. What is it? Major League, they're talking about Charlie Sheen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, okay. like I said, you, you me again. You, you could pick any movie line from a movie. Can you make it at least be like a a, a known that, line? That is who very memorable. That's who I would quote that line. Who quote that line all the time? Me, I'll ask people that watch Major League. You, they walk around. I can tell you all the damn thing. Like Joe Boo needs a refill. You know, there's a million freaking lines. You know what I mean? Nice catch. Don't ever fucking do it again. Yeah, yeah. right. You know yeah. that that ball wouldn't have been out of most parks. Name one. Yellowstone. You know, right. think, there's a million fucking lines from Major League. You pick this bizarre. Rick, you know, you know. Rick okay, you're one. Time. You're one for two. You're one for two. Go no, ahead. No, no, I get no, six no. or seven. You're still. You're still paying the thousand. Go ahead. Okay. Um, was it uh, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Yeah, that's Animal House. Next, keep okay. going. When this baby hits eighty-eight miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. That's Back to the Future. Keep going. Okay, this is tougher. Poor dog. Another minute, he would have been a dogsicle. Poor dog. Another minute, he would have been a dogsicle. That's an obscure one. It is kind of obscure, obscure from this movie, but I, I'll give you a hint. You definitely, I know you've seen this movie. Yeah, I know. But the name, the the, the 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 quote sounds familiar. Poor dog. Another minute, he would have been what? A dogsicle, like a a, a dog popsicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, you know, it sounds familiar, but it's, you, you probably took, you picked the movie I know, but it's going to be one that I, you know, I don't. That's not one I quote all the time. What is it? 
Gremlins. Oh, yeah, Gremlins. Yeah, we've, ta- we've talked about that one. So I know. We talked about Gremlins. Yeah, but, I, yeah. but I, and I, that wasn't a movie I saw in the entire but I know the movie. Okay. okay, next one, number six. Good evening for a line. And then she says, the bar is closed. And then he goes, we aren't thirsty. We Could aren't you- thirsty? Oh, well, that's from, uh, yeah, that's from Indiana Jones. Yeah, Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, okay, right. good. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, this is a tough one. This is, I think this is also 1989. Um, lady, I don't know about you, but I'm beat. Lady, I don't know about you, but I'm beat. That, that yeah. could be anything, dude. That's, like, that's, okay, not, okay, even a movie, that's not even a movie line. Lady, I can't even, that could be in a thousand movies. Okay. You might as well just say, let's get out of here. That's in okay. every freaking movie ever made. Okay. Fine. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's, it's Bruce Willis that says it. Bruce Willis says, lady. Lady, I don't know about you, but I'm beat. Lady, I don't know about you, but I'm beat. Uh, is that a Die Hard line? No, it's uh, Look Who's Talking when he comes out of uh, when, he, when they give birth to him. <laughs> oh, please, bro. Come on. You, 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 all right, whatever. You, you know, you, you did, you did, I gave you some credit. You put some time into the thing, but you know, you have to, the idea is to pick movie lines that are like not a, that's so obscure. You know, you really have to know these movies backwards and forwards, some of the movie lines you said. So I think you, know, you have, I think you got five of them or four. I think that, that was pretty I mean, good. I got more than that. I got like, yeah, I got like five of them or six or yeah, four or five, whatever. That's yeah. so pretty good, for, especially for as obscure as some of these movies were. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I still think you should have got the major league one. Yeah. Uh, but you did well. You did, you did well on the other yeah, ones. You, did, you knew them right away. Okay. So let's move on um, into um, baseball talk. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeffrey Zimmerman writes an article, I th- believe weekly, it's called Mining the News. And a lot of the times you'll see, um, a lot, I think a lot of the fantasy players use Roto, the Roto World app and they just, everyone knows the same news when right. it's coming out. So for example, this week, Josh James looking to make the rotation. Everyone's got a boner for him now. He's going to jump up like 400 spots. <laughs> so great. This Mining the News article is- Did you just say that you just say everybody has a boner for him at this point? Yeah. Really? That's that's really that's what you think? People are you know, you're, you're equating people having getting aroused because of the fact that Josh. Yeah, I don't think they, that did that to anybody, bro. I don't, I don't think that's that that much that much of a reason to get aroused. You know, if you took a little put a put a Twitter poll up and say right now, how many people got a boner? Yes or no? When they found out Josh James is going to get a shot at a rotation spot. Do you want right? me to do that? I'll, I'll do yeah. it. Like, yeah. yeah, that'll be the, that'll be the, that'll be the Twitter poll from the show. Go ahead. Okay, we'll do, we'll do that. No, um, I think no will win overwhelmingly. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know. I could, I'd be willing to maybe place a bet on that. Okay, so mining the news. Um, oh, would you know it? Josh, number one, Josh James is being stretched out as a starter. But first of all, I want to I want to just preface it by saying this article is awesome. Jeff does a great job on this article, and we're actually I could actually do a podcast just reading this article, um, and just people can listen to me read it, so they don't have to read it themselves on their way to work. And I, my, and our podcast would probably be do amazing. Did I not retweet that and acknowledge Jeff Zimmerman for the the job that he did on the thing? Right? Yeah. Did I not? Okay, so. So do you, do you, do you have a, uh, I was going to say, do, do you, um, who makes you more aroused, Jeff, Jeff Zimmerman or Josh James? Who makes me more aroused? Yeah. Look, see, this is this is the thing. What, what, I'm, what I'm saying, aroused. You, 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 usually, like I said, usually heterosexual guys are not aroused by other guys. Okay, in your case, it's not the case, which is fine. You know, everything's fine. You're, you're, you're just thinking like, arousal could be a, a stimulation of your brain. You just you just talked about getting a boner. How does that have to do with your brain? That's okay? Josh. That's, that's Josh James. That's yeah, exactly. Josh. We're talking about Josh. James. I'm talking. This is a different conversation. <laughs> We're talking Jeff Zimmerman. So, you, so now you're equating Jeff, Jim, Jeff Zimmerman. He's gonna love this conversation when it comes out. Jeff Zimmerman is stimulating my brain. All right, I'm sure he is. With information. I'm sure, I'm sure that's the only thing he's stimulating. You know, go on. <laughs> okay. Go, get through it. So, uh, so he's saying that Jeff uh, Josh James is is being stretched out as a starter. 
fantastic. You know, Josh James was, a, was a definitely a huge skills guy that everybody was everybody was on last year. That was going to thought he was going to break out and be a killer starter, and I'm sure a lot of people drafted him in the, in the teens, probably looking for a bust out breakout. And obviously, he didn't. He didn't get that role, and he had some struggle problems with walks and whatever. And he ended up being a relief role. But even in relief role, when he struck out 100 guys in relief, it's still pretty valuable. So you know, he could be one of those guys. You know, the last year's bum, like the Nick Pavetta, that actually blows up this year, and because he gets this opportunity for the uh, the Astros, you never know. So I, I think that's that's great news, and you know, people should be on him. He was uh, last year. He was being uh, being, dra- being drafted around where Nick Pavetta and Whitley were yeah. being drafted last year, and, and all of them really didn't pan out um, the way they were. Although Josh James didn't have a terrible season. But. Yeah, but Josh James, it wasn't being drafted as high as Pavetta and Eflin and those guys. He came. He was a little later than that, but still, it's still you're still using an early teens pick on them. I think back at back then at that point. But uh, yeah, well, let's see how that goes. What else all you right. got? Next is don't expect the Astros players to play over 150 games this season. Why? Because they're going to be beans so much and whatever. Dusty likes to rest them, he says. Dusty like, Baker, their manager. Here's the other thing that I just thought about the Astros yesterday when I read that thing, which you just wrote right there. You know, you have to consider that for sure. I guarantee you. I mean, how many bench clearing brawls are the Astros going to be involved in? Because they got a chip on their shoulder right now and they have something to prove. And as soon as somebody gets, you know, gets, you know, buzzed or they get hit with a pitch, how many bench clearing brawls do you think they'll be involved in? Over the course of what's the over under on bench clearing brawls for the Astros this year in the major leagues? What would you say it is? Seven and a half. So you think it's going to be that high? So let's say let, let's say we take the under and it's it's five times they get involved in a bench clearing brawl, which would be a lot because you don't really see a team on average getting involved in a complete bench clearing brawl at five times a year, right? Right. That would be that would be a number. So but forget about the possible injuries that could happen in a bench clearing brawl, right? Let's talk about suspensions, right? So if you got people getting suspended, they're going to lose games on top of that as well. So you're going to talk about people losing, you know, losing time. And you know that the commissioner knows that he fucked up big time because he gave them, didn't do anything at all to suspend these guys or give them time, you know, you know, you know, lose, you know, games and or fines or whatever. So they got nothing. All right. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll probably make it up on the back end by giving these people hefty suspensions if they if they get involved in this crap. Right. So I, I have a feeling that's going to be part of it as well, too. Not that I'm saying, you know, a lot of people are laying off the Astros. It depends if the price is right. You take these guys still. At this point, but uh, you have to figure that into the equation too. It's not just resting guys; it's, it's the possible injuries and it's just possible suspensions they're going to probably get be exposed to this year. I don't, I, don't, I don't see uh, Altuve charging a mound versus anyone. Like, what's he going to do? Yeah, he'll he'll be the one that runs out there and hides behind everybody, and he's just involved in the brawl, and he just gets extra. He'll get like five games or three or four games because he's hanging out with everybody else. <laughs> you know, not being the thick of the thing, right? So. All right. Next, Blue Jays. Travis Shaw will hit fifth or sixth with Bullard Bichette leading off. Okay, good for Travis Shaw. I, mean, I I just think that guy, you know, uh, he, you know anything's possible, but uh, I think that guy is, you know, he's he's one of those guys. I'm, he's cooked as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going after Travis Shaw where he's batting in the Blue Jays batting order. I love the way the Blue Jays are doing their lineup, though. I think it's phenomenal. I think they've bumped up the value of those guys a lot, uh, the way they are, and uh, I love those guys. The four guys in front of them are just it's a phenomenal starting, uh, starting four in the lineup, and I love how they're they're putting their their young guys and saying go go do it and go for it. But, uh, you know, I have no desire. Like I said, everybody has their price, depending on where they are. But I don't have any shares of Travis Shaw right now. And they said Vlad's uh, trying to raise his launch angle. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, good for him. But this guy, remember, this guy, you know, he's a generational player, right, that didn't bust out the way everybody wanted to last year. 
And, uh, and not, every, not everybody's like that. Trout didn't do that. He was a generational player. And look what he became. There's no reason why that, you know, uh, Vlad can't be a generational player. And uh, launch angler or not, I think that he's, gonna, he's a good enough hitter. When you're an 80 grade hitter like that, you have the, you know, you have the potential of putting up massive numbers. That guy could hit, you know, easily without much tweaking 40 home runs, you know, and have a 300 batting average and drive in 100 and something runs and whatever. So, you know, the only thing you're not going to get from him is steals. So, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I think that whatever he can do to do that, improve more power to you. But, uh, you know, that he's, he's prime, I think, for a huge year for, for, for Vladdy. Um, uh, of the four of the four players, including I'm including Guriel Lords in this, which ones do you like for their current um, draft value, or how much did it cost to acquire them? For what? Which ones? Uh, Biggio, Bichette, Lord Guriel, and Vlad. Well, Lourdes Gurriel well, is going the lowest of all those, obviously. I mean, yeah, like around one fifty, one sixty. Yeah, but those all those other guys, you're gonna you're gonna pay top dollar for. And I think by the time the the live events come. And I'm talking strictly in FPC now as a standard for things. I mean, those guys are going to be going, you know, we're all going to be moving up big time. I okay. Do you like, do you like uh, Vlad or Bichette at the end of the fourth round? Uh, if they potentially get there, you know, I mean, any, anything's possible. I'm, say, I'm, I'm saying in this, in, in this, in, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, you're in a draft right now. It's the end of the fourth round. They're there. Do you like that? Yeah, yeah. Wait, who are my, who are my first, who are my first two, who are my picks one through three? Yeah. I have to consider that too. You know, I mean, I can't say I may love the guy there, but it may not be a fifth of the team I've constructed so far. Okay. You follow me? Great answer. Great answer. Okay. Great, a great drafter, such as great, myself. Great, great answer. That's very helpful. Okay. You know that. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Okay, great. Next, um, Nate Pearson. Again, Jays. You know what? If you ever want to come see a Jays game, I got tickets. You can come. Any, like, you want to, the Yankees are in town. I'll take you to a game. It's going to take a lot more than Nate Pearson to get myself to Canada for you, bud. I'll tell you that much. But go ahead. You might have to wait um, uh, a while because it says it's, he's probably not going to be called up until midseason. All right. Yeah, that's, that's fine. There are a lot of players that are going to be like that. So, I mean, and that, and Matt, Matt Shoemaker would be taking it slow in spring training. So this is all trending towards your um, love for Shania Maguchi. And again, and after we talked about Shania Maguchi, and you, you tweeted that out ironically, that he's going to be, he's going to be starting. He's going to have a shot at that. Not, not that I'm saying, you know, but we, he may, what if he turns out to be everything they said you sell Kikuchi was going to be last year, and he ends up being the Kikuchi guy this year. Well, you know, Yamaguchi's, you could get him for free. In the way he's, where ladies he's going, you could get him for free. Almost still been on like nobody's radar at all. Haven't done anything bad about him, so why not? I mean, he's not pitching in a phenomenal park, but from the arsenal I hear that he has, and you know, and he's one of those kind of crafty pitchers. He's got, I think he's got four pitches. You never know. So I mean, why, why not take a stab at him? He's gonna, you know, if you need innings, and you know, if what, he, what what is he gonna be? Your sixth starter, potentially seventh starter. Why not? Yeah. Hey, we're we're silky smooth today because we're transitioning right into the next one, which is you say Kikuchi has reworked his delivery. Hmm. I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> Going into the whole thing, I guess that's fantastic. I mean, I, I just love these guys that like all of a sudden we just figured out that he had now, after an entire season of freaking disaster, of destroying people all year at him, right, for whatever team, myself included, in the teens, whatever they picked him up last year, that all of a sudden they figured in this long head it would work his entire delivery. I, I don't know about that. Show me about that. And on a bad team on top of that, you know, I don't know where, you know, I don't know how much that's going to help his fantasy value, but, you know, he's a fly, late round flyer. All right, so we're, we're about halfway through this article, and you and earlier uh, today or yesterday, you were very complimentary to Jeff, uh, saying how great the article is. But everything I've read here, you've just been said, yeah, fantastic. Who cares? I didn't say fantastic. Who cares? Well, you said fantastic. I, just, I, I think it's, I think some of it's some of it's great news, and I'm giving my commentary. He asked me to wrap a review, different things he said. Some things I agree with, sometimes I won't agree with it. I'm just giving you my insights on the whole thing. That's all. Mm, okay. 
what do you, you know, I, I, conflict and controversy, there's not always going to be conflict and controversy. Oh, there's plenty of that coming in the okay. show. There's, there's plenty of that coming down the pike. Can't wait. Okay. Okay. Nick Solak could be moved to center field with San, Danny Santana taking on a utility role. I love that. You like that? Why do you like that so much? Because I've avoided Danny Santana. Yeah, well, so have I a lot, in a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, Solak you know, intriguing in many ways. But like I said, there's a lot of battable concerns there with Solak. I mean, he could be a late bloomer. He's got some speed. He's got some pop. You know, he continues to develop. He could be one of the late bloomers. Uh, you know, right now I think he's only UT eligible, I think, in the NFBC. You so are correct. You know, at, the, uh, at that point. So, you know, other sites he's not. I mean, fan tracks, you get him at sec- like on second and third base eligible, I think it is, or whatever. So that gives him a little bump. But uh, he's going to definitely get eligibility, I think, at third to start the season because they're going to start him at third, I think it is. So, but uh, yeah. again, worth a look. Eli, Eli White is also being considered for the center field job in Texas. I, I don't have much commentary on Eli White, but that's great. Okay. <laughs> Ronald, Ronald Guzman, <laughs> again, that's fantastic. Um, Ronald Guzman is going back to the swing he used when he was 16. That's good for him. Maybe it'll be as good as he was when he was 16 years old in the league at that point. <laughs> but I have no interest in Ron Gluzman. So. Well, he's, gonna, he's essentially free anyways. He's like exactly. These are, these are free guys, really, at this, at this stage of the game. And then uh, no one's going to go – no one's going to read that and go, oh, shit, he's going back to a swing when he was 16. That guy was killing him when he was 16. Let me go draft him, in, you know, as my, as my corner infielder right now. Not happening. So well, he worked out with Nelson Cruz. No, but, but did, did, Cruz, did, did Cruz give him the steroids? Because if, yeah, yeah. if Cruz gave him the steroids and the growth enhancement, whatever he's on, then that's sure. And then well, by all means. That's great. Then he turns into Richard, <laughs> Richard Hidalgo, and we're drafting him. So, bad. <laughs> uh, Red Sox, Michael Chavis, Michael Chavis uh, may get some time in the outfield. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I like that he's going to be potentially first, second, and, and outfield eligible, uh, which is phenomenal when you have people that are, you know, that are first and middle, and, you know, you know middle corner first, in, you know, that second, you know, outfield. Oh, that's phenomenal. Uh, and, again, if the guy can put it all together and work on those strikeouts and get back what he had when he first came up, man, that would be a huge – Pick. I mean, you know, obviously they should play him. He's going to be playing. You're not afraid of Dustin Pedroia? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Alex Verdugo is likely to miss opening day. Well, we, we knew that. I don't think that's a, that was a Yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm bummed to hear about Alex Verdugo because I said, you know, he's my, uh, he's my uh, breakout guy. I told you about that. Uh, you told me to, to give me uh, when I couldn't do the, uh, what was it called? The bold prediction? The bold prediction and, uh, and whatever. But, uh, you know, it would have been nice if he was healthy to start the year. And uh, you don't like hearing that. I still think he's got, you know, major potential. But that's definitely going to bump him down for sure. I um, mean, you know, him not starting and not uh, the year and yeah. whatever. So That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Royals expect um, Mondesi and Perez to be ready opening day. Mondesi and Sal Perez? Yeah. All right, great. But, I, you know, we talked about Mondesi. We talked about his shoulder. I mean, we haven't seen him swing a bat yet. We don't know what kind of power he's going to have with that shoulder. I've heard everything. You know, you're looking at a situation where potentially how much power is this guy going to have? I mean, anyway, everybody's enamored with the stolen bases, but how much power is this guy really going to have? He didn't have a ton to start off with, and he's coming back from a labrum surgery, right? So Yeah, we were talking about him on Twitter with someone today. I mean, they're, they're, I'm off him, honestly. I don't, like him. I don't like the risk of it. And he's saying that his floor is 250, 250 batting average, or the batting 250 and 50 steals and 15 home runs if he's healthy. I don't, I don't agree with that floor. I think the batting average floor is lower than and that. You, and, you, and you're going to have to give out. You're going to have to, you know, you have to look at his contest because you're going you're gonna to have to give up a third, he's a third round pick probably to get him. 
at that point. And, if, and it, 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 look, it all depends on what kind of league you're in and whatever. I said, when I'm talking, people have to understand when they hear me speak, I'm speaking from an NFBC perspective that I'm going to go to these draft tables to win an overall competition and win $125,000 or whatever the first prize at this point is, should be more, you know, and going there to win. And I'm drafting all of my five main event teams that I'm going to do this year to win them with the angle of trying to win the main event and not just a league. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to take undue crazy ass risks, you know, with my top two or three or four picks. You know, I, I won't do it. Yeah. Right? yeah those, so, things should, those things should be progressive anyways. Yeah. Those, those um, overall prizes. They should uh, be regret, regret, progressive, meaning they increase as once you hit a certain cap of, uh, once you hit a certain um, threshold for entries. Yeah, well, that would make sense, though. But believe me, I might, we'll have my little, my little NFBC segment soon after we get through this. Go okay, ahead. all right. Let's get this over with. Okay, Tigers. Miguel Cabrera is limiting his swings. <laughs> he should be, the Tigers should be limiting his playing time, okay? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's what they should be doing. You know, no, one, no one really should be caring when Miguel Cabrera, you know, is he, is he limiting his eating, too? I mean, I hope he's doing that. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he should be doing. So... A little, less, um, a little less time at the buffet table is what he should be doing at this stage of his career. I wonder if he's still drinking. Didn't he like drag a cop after he got pulled over with a DUI? Yeah, we, 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 just, we just, in baseball, we just sweep all the stuff under the, under the table. We don't talk about that kind of stuff. You know, we don't talk about how the stuff he got involved with, uh, you know, there was, there was all these issues he had. We, we forgot all about it all already. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't actually, we don't want the to. The Astros, the Astros are basically hypocrisy. The, the Astros are bad for cheating because they're stealing signs, but you can beat the crap out of somebody or just like, you know, be drunken and do this or do that or whatever, you know, or, you know, you can, and it's selective, you know, who we're going to go after. Well, this one, this one, we're going to bust for drugs and we're not going to put him in the Hall of Fame, but these people are taking him, which is going to turn a blind eye, you know, whatever. Well, so. you got, you got the best of both worlds there. Well, I shouldn't say best of both worlds. Yeah. You got Roberto Osuna in, in, in Houston as well. Yeah. I, I'd be surprised if they don't just trade a couple of the players away just to sort of deflect the, the negative stigma. Anyways, yeah. that's, that's I, I just think that whole, the whole Astro season is going to be a shit show in a lot of ways, but they're not, they're, they're not making the playoffs. I don't think, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I, you know, I would take the under the under and the win totals for them this year, what they got predictions. And I've heard some of the totals they're predicted to win. And it sounds very high. You know, and I know, I know there's some, still some great players on this great pitching, but yeah, they could all come together and could whatever. But I just think there's this, you know, they had a world series recently you know, this is a, this is a year they got to have to go through a lot of crap and a lot's got to go right for this, this year to beat them, you know, to get them back to the playoffs. So. All right. So. More on the Tigers. Victor Reyes will be the odd man out. It seems. Yeah. That's a smart move. Yeah. I think that's brilliant that we're going to give fucking Cameron Mabin the job. You know, these, these organizations are just morons. They, they really are. You know, all I've heard about is Reyes and, 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 and how good he could possibly be, or he has some of this, you know, the batting average, potentially his speed, why not throw the young guy out there and see what he can do? You're going to go out and sign Cameron Mabin? The guy is done, right? Why do we need Cameron Mabin in the outfield for Detroit? Stupid. Okay. So from, right? from, a, from a fantasy perspective in these, in these leagues, what, what's your, what, what sort of conclusions are you drawing from this tidbit of information? That the, the Detroit Tigers ownership is a bunch of morons. That's, that's what not, I'm drawing from the whole thing. That's not, that's not helpful to anyone, though. That's listening sure to it is, because you, you know that pretty soon, I, mean, I, would, I wouldn't bank, I wouldn't hitch, you know, you know, bank on Cameron Mabin going out there and doing anything for your fantasy team for any, any, any specific period of time. I don't, think, any, I don't think anyone was banking on that. Okay, well, okay, well, you just another good, and so you have a guy in the wings there, possibly. You know, this is, I, I, I liken, like, Victor Reyes to the Josh Rojas situation in Arizona. Right. And, and basically it's like, you know, these guys have, you know, they're, they're young, younger guys with a lot of skills, a lot of potential, but they're not going to get a shot potentially at this point now, you know, but they're waiting in the wings and they're right there. And these are the kind of guys that you can get that you pick up in, in maybe in April that could bust out because if they given, if they're given an opportunity, 
there because they should be starting where they should have a position somewhere, but they don't right now at this point. Right. All right. So Jorge Polanco is about back to hundred percent after the offseason ankle injury. Oh, good. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I think Polanco is uh, I don't have many teams this year for some reason, but I know if he's there, I mean, I wouldn't hesitate drafting Polanco. Okay. No. Dylan Cease no. has made an adjustment to his delivery. That's kind of interesting. No, it's very interesting. I mean, he's, like I said, he's a, he's a gigantic, you know, uh, boom pick if you get him, you know, at the right price and to there. I mean, that we, we love, we all love the skills and the pitches and what he can do and the, the velocity and whatever. We heard amazing things. And some, some people, the experts say that he's a couple of years away, but something clicks, you know, you could have a guy who's who bust out for you right there. So, I mean, obviously he's not a guy you're going to take as your, you know, fourth starter or whatever, but you know, down the down the road there, he's definitely one. He's going to be drafted, and he's going to be. A, people are going to be trying to hit him, hit him up. He's like I, fall, I put him in like the kind of Mitch Keller category or that kind of area that uh, you know people are going to look for a big boon and breakout for. He's got the skills. The numbers aren't there at this point, but the skills are right. Right, and Michael Kopak will be limited on the innings like Cease was last year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll, look, I like I like Kopech as well. I think I had him a lot of really addressed at this point. I, you know, the more I, as the season gone on, I've been more off and co- off Kopech. But I, I, I mean, again, massive potential there. I mean, when you when you're throwing triple digits, I mean, there's a lot of a lot to like there. I mean, obviously, just like we go, we're talking about getting control and command. That's got to come back when you're coming off Tommy John or whatever. So we got to see what we can do. And you know, the White Sox are going to be a greatly improved team. So I mean, the you're gonna it depends how many innings you get out of the guy and what kind of quality innings they're going to be. You know, some guys, some days you might get 12 strikeouts and some days you might him, you know, get blown up every, you know, in three innings. So, but uh, we'll see. Play the matchups. Okay. Reminder, uh, Mark Melanson is still with Braves closer. Yeah, I understand. And I, you know, and again, I wasn't the biggest fan of Melanson. I can tell you, look, I, I, the more I see what's going on with closers, especially for the main events. And I, and I, and I give a shout out to, um, you know, Scott, anybody who didn't read Scott Jensen's article recently, and he does some good stuff and he's also really good in an APC player. You know, he, he's, he's purporting that he's not leaving the draft table in any main events, you know, or, or the drafts this year without two closers. And, uh, you know, again, if you, because, you know, getting in the, in the years past, you'd get one and you'd be happy with that closer, you, you know, and then you'd, you'd find another one. You'd do some speculative picks. Someone's going to be in the role or you pick one off the waiver wire real quick. The way things are now with closers, you know, you might want to just say, look, let's just get two rock solid or close to rock solid guys with the jobs and not, not, not worry about it because you're going to be blowing through a lot of your fab. That's the most frustrating thing is every year. I mean, if you look at it, it would just be an interesting study to find out how much fab money is blown as proportion of your budget going after closers as opposed, as opposed to any other player that's out there. Yeah. You know, you know it, <laughs> it, 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 it's, a, it's a massive amount of money. And just be curious to see someone who's a numbers person like me, see how much on average does the average NFBC player, I say player, you know, in a fab league, free agent acquisition budget league, you know, blow on trying to go after a closer, you know, and we all do it, you know, and it's just, unless, unless you're in a standalone league and you can, you can punt saves or whatever. But I said, again, if you're going to compete for an overall prize, you're going to be in the main event, you know, it might, might be a good idea more than ever these days, especially with closers falling, because you don't have to go after like, you know, a closer in the fourth, fifth, sixth round anymore. You can still get a phenomenal closer. You know, I, I, I want a top guy a little later than that. And then, and there's a whole tier of closers that have got the job that are pretty solid and get your second guy and be done or two of those guys in that area. Cause you know, and then pick up a guy who's going to get you 10 here and there without, without spending a fortune on it down the road. So I, I'm definitely more in, and you know, Melanson, like they said, he's got the job. He wasn't, and, and the more you look at his numbers, he wasn't terrible last year at all, but interesting imagination. So, uh, you know, I think they want to give him the, give him as much leash as possible do the job. And if the guy's got the job and he's on the Braves, you know, why don't, why would you not draft him? Or draft both of them. 
Yeah, but, but Will Smith is going how many rounds ahead of Mark Valanza? People are assuming that Will Smith's going to be the guy. He just he's not in the rounds, range. yeah. It's, it's more than a couple rounds that, that Will Smith's going. It's, it's several rounds spread, I think, that is between the, between the two of them. Yeah, more, yeah, more of a couple's two, I guess. But um, that's a good homework assignment. You've, uh, hand, you've dished out um, about the fab. Just uh, somebody, if somebody's give listening it, to that, give, somebody give, give, it, give it to Zola. Give it, give it, give it to the computer guy. Go ahead. Give it, yeah. you know, he's, you know, he's, he's got, he's got some homework to do. He's got, he's got some homework to do. So okay. when Zola, when Zola, when Zola listens to the show, because he can't be just listening to the show, see if his name comes up, you know, he'll hear this right now. He's going to get right on it. Okay. That sounds good. Um, and um, okay. Ryan Braun and um, Avisail Garcia will be sharing time in right field. Fantastic. Fantastic. But they'll both be playing. So it doesn't really matter really at that point. So we pretty much felt that Braun was going to get first in outfield and, and Garcia plays the outfield, right? So he's going to be playing. I don't think they just gave him that kind of money not to play. It's, you know, it's interesting, the metrics on, you know, on looking look at the stuff on Garcia is just off the charts. It's crazy. Yet, yet he's so underdrafted and so, you know, people aren't into him at all. You know, I, I, I mean, well, I, I, get, I, get, I, I don't go after him. I mean, but I, I don't think I even have a share of him this year yet. But, you know, when you, some of these guys, you read the numbers on these guys, it's just going to jump off the page at you. So we've got to get get a share or two. I'll, I'll, you know, you know, maybe maybe I'm just saving this in reserve to spring on people when I do my drafts. I'm not giving it everything away. Maybe maybe I'm going to have him a lot in my my live events with that. All right, this is this one interested me. Freddie Peralta added a, a slider. Yes, Freddie got Great. fingered. Right, the ready, the, the great, the great Freddie Peralta, and again another guy with that just drives you nuts when he pitches and pitched last year, and it's, it's all about again command and control. Can get these ball? Can he get these pitches over the plate? And that's the thing. So, and and we, a lot of people, again, another guy last year that a lot of people run. I think I drafted Freddie Peralta as well, too, in one of my top main event leagues, but I eventually had to just, he's rid of him um, because he was just, you know, garbage. Yep. A certain point. But, All right, Cardinals, you're going to uh, start the season with a bullpen by a committee. Fantastic. Yeah, but the other thing is the intriguing things that I've read about Hazley, the, the young kid that's there, that they, he's like the dark horse. I've been reading a lot on Twitter and reading a lot on different different places that are, you know, that are they're saying that, you know, they really like this kid. You're in Twitter? There. Yeah. Believe it or not, yeah. Oh, and I should, uh, I should follow you. You should. You should be. It's good to know that. You know, start following the damn cats and follow me more often. You know, you put more That's posts obvious. about freaking cats out there than you do me. So, um, but um, yeah, so that that guy right there is one to look at. Potentially as a dark horse in my rounds. Everybody's drafting, uh, you know, Gallegos, and but thinking that he's going to be for sure. But um, you know, and from what I understand, that may not be the case. So we'll see what happens. My money's on Gallegos, the the son of. Um... Mark Gallegos, the shortstop for the Oakland A's. Right. Hey. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Um, and we don't know what, and we, and we, and what's going to happen with Carlos Martinez. You know, we're assuming the guy's going to be able to step right into a starter's role and just be able to have that workload on his arm and be able to start. That, 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 that pitching staff is in – that team is overall, the Cardinals, is in big trouble. You know, I don't love their offense. I don't love what they've done with their pitching staff. You have freaking Wainwright who's done – then you're when your rotation, you got Michaelis, his arms get an, an arm problem, and he was like he was fringe as it was already. So what, what are you, are you talking about? Michaelis wants to get to work on improving his slider. That's the next bullet point. And, and and that's great, but when your arm is is now injured as well, and when that when that came up, okay, but he's now hurt. Michaelis. Yeah, I, I think people are overlooking the fact that he's coming over from Japan or Korea, wherever he, wherever he came from. Not not only natives can't handle the workload when they come back to the major leagues, also people that were from the USA coming back from Japan or Korea also get always get hurt. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out that we'll find out that with Josh Lundblom, for example, this year, we'll see how he does. He might have a year. Give me yeah, a year. He may, he may have a year. So, and this might be it. <laughs> the one year, like, like Michael has had his one year, but Michael, has, I think Michael has had his peak year and that's it. So he's, Cubs. He's, Tyler Chatwood has the inside track. Oh for the fifth yeah. That's good for the Cubs, man. That's a brilliant idea. That's great. All right. So, uh, 
Corey, Corey Abbott, baby, Corey Abbott. I, w- I wish you could think of the joke that they, they put out about last year about, uh, you know, teaching your son how to walk. <laughs> because was, there was a joke that somebody made about teaching your son how to walk because <laughs> he was a because how many no. people he walked <laughs> was it what was the joke they made about Chatwood uh, Chatwood do you remember the joke I know it was a great joke it was hysterical no I didn't I didn't even heard it this is the yeah. first uh, this is the first I've heard of it yeah so uh, it was a fantastic joke you should look it up but it was a really I wish I could remember the joke I knew I forgot you were going to bring up Chatwood but uh, you know I, anybody anybody wants to have Chatwood go go right ahead not me I want uh, Corey Abbott but you never heard of him know know your player pool. Mm-hmm. Alberta yeah. Moore, uh, Alberta Moore Jr. working on a new swing. No, who cares? No, 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 no interest. Okay, Madison Bumgarner's pitch mix. Trying to get Madison, more out of it. Madison, Madison Bumgarner's pitch mix. Yeah, uh, look great. You know, I mean, uh, Mad Bum. Um, I still think he's got. You know, he's not that old, and, and he did lose some time uh, from from that accident and stuff like that. So you know, I mean, in that ballpark, he's not the best. Not as good as obviously San Francisco. But uh, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I get like Mad Bomb. I'm not gonna, I get, I'm, again, another guy. I don't think I have a lot of shares of. But uh, I guess because where he's going, there's other players I like a lot more around the same time. And I pretty much got my pitching going the way I wanted to by that point. But uh, so that's uh, good. Let him, All right. Think, you know, I think he reinvent himself. He's, I, mean, I think he's, I think he's intelligent enough, and he's got the, he's a, he's a pitcher. You know, and he's gonna find a way to continue to reinvent himself and be relevant. So I like, I like guys. I like, just like kind of like he's kind of like out of the Kershaw mold or. Players like that. Felix Hernandez. Yeah. yeah he's another one. Um, the- Dodgers. Ross Stripling has a new slash better changeup. I don't know why you couldn't have just said better. Like, isn't right. that re- it's redundant? But Ross Stripling has a new, has a better changeup now. Yeah, it's, really, it's just a shame about Ross Stripling, man. I was so hoping that guy would, you know, that trade would have went through. And and he would end it up on you know what was it the uh, was it the twins or the angels what was he well, there's so many people moving parts in that what, what who was he supposed to be on the angels angels would have been which would have been perfect I hope that you know he he needs a place to be able to pitch he needs and to be not, in a seven man rotation yeah but if you're not in the but if you're not if you're not pitching you know like I said great I'm glad you've got all these these pitches and whatever but you got to be pitching you know and if you're going to be a, if, if there's going to be six or seven or eight people that's the problem with the Dodgers rotation still they still have the same you know they got rid of Maeda which helped. A little bit, but they still got a lot of guys, a lot of young arms too, and whatever. You know, it's going to drive you crazy the whole year uh, in terms of you know getting starts. But All right, Tyler play. Anderson, Giants, ready when the season begins. I think this yeah. guy throws like eighty-two miles an hour. Yeah, like I said, and that and that's you know that's overhand, you know, underhand, maybe a little less than that. But I, I don't, I don't I have no desire. I guess anything on San Francisco. What are you going to no. do? What are you going to do? Nada. Uh, v, uh, Jonathan VR going to play center field until he can't. I mean, I mean, tell you what, until he's crippled. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. What is that read, supposed to mean? Read in between he, the lines. Read in between the lines. Until he can't, until he run him into the ground. That's why but we're look, going. I, that's why we're going through this. I, I really, I, I really, really with the VR. You know, the interesting thing about VR, and again, the guy was all over last year, and I got a ton of VR, and it paid huge dividends for me because he was a friggin' monster. You know, and the steals and the categories and everything else like that. I mean, yeah, he may lose a little power in, uh, and I think people are really just down on him. And uh, this year, thinking he can't do it again. But look, man, I, I think that in that division, and I was just reading something about the, the the catchers, not just the Mets, not just Syndergaard. Okay, running against Syndergaard for one part. We made the joke about how many how many steals he's going to get Syndergaard. They rated the catchers about like the arm strength and the, the, the percentage of throwing out base runners in the National League East, man, and they're horrific. They are horrific across the board. So he's going to have a field day running against those catchers that are in the National League East, man, which could mean easily. There, there's a guy that's going to give you, you know, potentially 50 stolen bases. 
I think, because you know, and so if you trade off stolen bases for like a few home runs and power, and he's like maybe make up the 50, 60 bases again, that could be a, he could be a huge boon for you people in the, in that th- in that third same place you get Mondesi. You're selling me, okay? The Nationals, uh, timeshare at second and third base. Oh yeah, again, but timeshare with who? I mean, are we really that interested in Starling Castro and Azubu Cabrera? And how interesting we could we possibly be? These people are both on the downside of the down certain side of their career. I mean, Castro probably had, Starling Castro probably had his career at the best time last year. And he, he, you think he, he? I think that you know that may be his ceiling at that point. And what are we going to get out of Azubu Cabrera? I don't know. Nothing probably. Yeah, Castro's twenty nine. Castro's twenty nine years old. Yeah, but he's been around since like nineteen. How many years he's been playing? He's twenty. That's not very old. But how many years he's been playing? He's got a lot of mileage on him. He does. Get, that's out there. Yeah, okay. At this point, so here's something. Chris Paddock has a new curveball, not a new slash better curveball. So wait, wait, Stripling has a new slash better curveball, but Chris mm-hmm. Paddock has a new curveball. So he's not, he's not going out and saying it's better. Right. As long as it works, man, Paddock, you know, Paddock can be a horse. He's a, a lot of people, again, he's not there on him. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's a steady fourth round pick uh, in the 15 team league. So he's going to be, that's where he's going to stick. I think, I don't know, unless he goes out there and just, just dominates and Chris, he's going to maybe, maybe he'll bump into third year. Cause that's what we're going to talk about. Good time to talk about that because this week was, we, we saw the collapse really of the second tier of starting pitching this week, uh, in, in many ways it was just like, it was like, you know, when it, within a week we had Clevenger Carrasco, and now we had the news on Severino. I think it was just today. We were about Severino's form. Yeah. Do you want to get that? Now? Yeah. And that ain't good. So I mean that that's you know that's that's a huge chunk of that second tier that people are operating in to grab these people now, which you, is going to push up, I think, pitching even more so now into the into the earlier in the earlier uh, first round or two rounds here. So because you can't you can't go if you miss out on those other those aces and you're going to go you're going to start fishing in that pool for people like Clevenger, Carrasco, and Severino. Who wants these guys now? I never was was on Carrasco anyway because coming back you know it's terrible with the cancer and everything coming back with that. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't, I wasn't going to trust Carrasco as it was already. Now he's on crutches, you know, Severino's forearms in, in, in really bad shape, pain, he says, or whatever. So what's going on with Severino, you know, and Clevenger has got the knee until what, May? Yeah. So, I think I'd obviously rather Clevenger than him. Yeah. Well, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's the safest bet of all three of them right now at this point. Oh, for you sure. Know? I mean, for sure. And, you know, and, you, and you're still not going to draft them like in the way those other ones were, you know, or that, that, that early is where they were going before. So I think it takes a massive chunk. What percentage of that tier just went out the window when you lose three guys like that? That's major at that point. So you said, and this is what's going to, when you think about it, if you're playing for, again, the top prize and... and, and oh, and, Pax, Paxton too, right? We didn't even mention him. And Paxton's another one, right? So now you get four in that tier. I didn't even add him in there. So you got four in that, in that whole tier that's out, that, that's out the window right now. So that's big. Yeah. Yeah. So does that push anyone else up? Does this, does this throw a wrench into the first, um, I guess, the uh, second, third, to second through fifth rounds? Yeah, but who, I mean, pushing up who? I mean, the thing is, you're not going to, you know, push, push up, up someone. Yeah, but I mean, I think it pushes up your, your chance to get hitters at this point. Well, I think it, it pushes out those three guys. I think, um, I don't think Clevenger falls out of that range completely. I think he just falls to the back end of it. Um, but I don't know if guys just sort of go up into there. Just like, did Nelson come that? Come well, up there. But this, but this is, but this Frankie is, Montas. But this is the fatal flaw people are going to make is when you start pushing up these pitchers that don't belong in that run because you figure I got to go get someone right now, so I'm going to pull them up there and bypassing all these great hitters and and guys that help you in multiple areas. But we don't know, you know, what these guys are going to be like. You know, Montas. I mean, Montas has got great skill coming back from the PEDs for the, you know, the whole year of the steroids, whatever he was on for the now after this. You know, he came back for one start, whatever it was into the year. And we don't know what's going to, Lamette's going to be. I've heard mixed reviews. You know, I, I had one person talking about saying, you know, loving him, one person, whatever. He's everybody's darling right now, Lamette. Everybody's got the Lamette love, right? I mean, I, he's, don't know, no doubt, 
guy put some great good numbers up there, great numbers. But we can't, you can't. What are you going to draft them as your in, as your ace, your second ace? Now all of a sudden, you know that. But that's well, what you're saying. Now if, if we're going to push them up, push them in those areas. Right. Well, not to say I haven't done it myself, but um, you I haven't think, done it. No, I, I I have Lament as my second pitcher in some leagues. Yeah, and this, and this is why you gonna you know you would lose money if you did that in the NFBC. More than likely. I, yeah, I did that. In the, I did that in the NFBC. I think I have Lament as my second pitcher. I'm not sure about that. I'm pretty sure I got him as my second pitcher in one of these. Was leagues. that in a, was that at one of your you know hundred what, what what league was this in? What kind of league was this? Was a dollar DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotta get you in the big dollar leagues, man. That's what we gotta start doing with you. All right. So. Um, um, what yeah, I think, so. what I think might happen more so than getting those pitchers getting pushed up into the, that range, I think you might see like the Syndergaard's and your, your Berrios going into the fourth round. Maybe I don't mm-hmm. know. I think you might see that scenario happen. You know, you're definitely going to see that scenario happen because you got a lot of people, a lot of guys, people that out that think you know they'll, they'll think that way, and guys that have the discipline to get, get creative, get creative otherwise, and not bypass better picks at that point. But uh, yeah, it's definitely going to put more of a premium on the starting pitching. That's for sure. All right. Do you, want, do you want me to? Do you want me to just like sort of? Uh, pick and choose which ones we should talk about because there's still a lot left in this article. This article's massive actually. So yeah. I just- well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to cut into your cutoff time, man, because you have to, you have to be done, but you have a hard stop at a certain point. We're going to stop at one o'clock. So we get a half an hour here. So Brendan Rogers will not be able to play until May. Fantastic. Right. Why don't we just talk about things that really are, that people really care about. Pick, I'm, try, pick, I'm, pick, I'm trying pick. to find it. Mitch Keller will look to change his picks, pitch mix. Oh, yeah. from his fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we all know where Mitch Carr is going to go. I don't think it's going to be go, it's going to make him go uh, any higher than he's going right now. All right, uh, Spencer Howard has yet to begin throwing. Well, he's throwing now since that article came out, I believe. Was he? he? I think he threw his ball. Yeah, Spencer Howard. Oh, but uh, this is actually interesting. This is um, this is a quote from the general general manager. Every pitch that he throws in March is a pitch he's not going to be able to throw in September. We are going to take it very slow with him on purpose. It's not because something's wrong, and it's. Be, and it's not because we don't like him; it's because we like him a lot, and we need we need him. We need to set him up for success to pitch deep into the season this year. So, who are we talking about, Spencer Howard? Now, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna be relevant at some point. Just don't know. Yeah, how he's gonna be really relevant, you know. And he's gonna be, uh, you know, and you know, I mean, you know, potentially Mackenzie Gore relevant. You know, I think Mackenzie Gore is another possible one. If you know, Padres could go the route they went with Paddock, we'll see. But I think Spencer Howard's a really a uh, speculative uh, guy it's with the, from, uh, especially with the Phillies where they, they have to win now and with that rotation there's a lot of opportunities to be in that rotation that's for sure so they're gonna let him pitch at some point all right so um, so what we've done so far is we've, we've reviewed we've reviewed Zimmerman's article and you've just uh, recycled good flowing podcast chat it's not to recap what we've already done people know what we've done already we don't have to just go through you know, and check off the list that we're okay. actually, if they've heard that, you know, this room, this room, what you're doing, this reminds me. I'm not recapping, is, I'm comparing, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing, so I'm comparing. This, 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 is, this is the kind of shit that people do that drives me crazy. It's like, it's like when you're in the draft room, this is what I love to do when you, when you're in a draft, you know, and people come in, into the draft room and you, you've been waiting fucking forever for them to make a pick and they write, they type here in the draft <laughs> room, right? And then, and then we're, okay, great, you're here. And then, and they still don't pick. You know, we're, we're, you're hanging out there waiting for them. They're here and we know they're picking because now they've been gone for like an hour and now they're researching because they've been gone for an hour. Okay. Or, 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 or my favorite is catching up. It's like catching up. What have you been doing? Reading a book. Is this a book? You know, yeah. What? Is this a book they're catching up on? They're reading and they're, they got to. No, they're, they're, yeah. No, they're, they're catching up on like what they should have been tracking all along because they're in a, they're in a draft. It drives me crazy. So, I mean, but this is uh so, 
So yeah, what I was, I, doing, what I, was doing, I was comparing. I wasn't recapping. I wasn't recapping. I'm comparing. So what you've done right now is you've, you've, you've recycled the Zimmerman's hard work and information, and you've, you've uh, piggybacked on that. But you've really given no like work. Like, do you mind for the news? I've, I've given you some great insights in my because people like to hear what I have to say. Yeah, but like, this is and follow all... and follow. Get an idea. Like, like a lot of people are listening to me for op opposition research right now to find out what I might do in these drafts, or they want to hear what somebody who's like professional, I consider a professional player, who spent 13 years of his life absorbed in this crap, round the clock, day and night. This is the thing that drives another thing. And and I remember I brought this up last show about these these experts drafts. Okay. And, and, it, and it, it was just confirmed with me today. I think it was Scott Pianowski that was on a podcast, was on a, on a radio show today. I think it was that with Erickson and List. They have him on every day. They had him every once a week. I think they have him on on Thursdays. And he's on today. And he and I and I remember I criticized his uh, his draft because I told you that he timed out one time. You know, when he's making a pick, I told you this guy. How do you, how do you time out in this draft? And he admitted he's drafting from his phone, and it was a, an unfamiliar draft room, and it was his first draft of the year. So, so let me get this straight. You're, in, you're coming to the table as an expert's draft to put a draft out there with your name on it, okay? And you, this is your first draft of the year, right? And admitting that it was a crappy draft, okay? So this is what these guys, you have to remember, and people look at these drafts, you know, to look and say for insights, you know? And most of these guys are coming off, coming off football and other sports. And he was just saying today, well, I'm, I'm so ready to get into baseball and start working on baseball right now and start drafting in baseball. I, I said, you freaking kidding me? It's March. <laughs> okay. Baseball has been on for months. If, you, if you're, if you're really a serious player, hardcore player, there's no way you can just pick up baseball. This is not football. Okay. You know, football fantasy sports, like is, is, is like grade school. This is like grad school face fantasy baseball. If you want to be a great player. You got to be on this. You have to be on baseball. The minute the season ends, <laughs> the season you're into the next season. That's when the research starts. That when the work begins. If you want to be great. That, that's my position of the whole thing. If you want to just be, you know, marginal, not, not if you're like a home league player or whatever else, but if you want to compete in the high stakes arena, okay, you don't just start picking up baseball around the time of March. Hey, it's too late. You'll never get up to speed the way you need to be. Not to play with the big boys, that's for sure. And that's, and then, then I see these screenshots that I sent you. What were the stuff I sent you? You know, that, I, that, I, that just sets me off. Right, you sent me a sent poll that says, what's more important? Um, so who put up this idiotic poll? This is what I see. I this is the idiotic. This is an idiotic Twitter poll that I saw get put out by who? I don't even remember. Yes, you don't. Yeah, no, playing dumb as you don't know. No, I don't. I wrote down the notes. What's my note? My notes say what's more important: the draft or in-season decision management. Yeah. So and you screenshot me something. Hold on, I'll find it. Okay, I got it. Okay, no, here it is. No, no, no. Which is more important when it comes to winning fantasy? Hashtag fantasy baseball, and it's by Jeff Mans and Ray Flowers. Yeah, no, it's not by them. It just has the tag. No, it has. It, it says it, it, they put it up. Right? Okay. They, oh, they put it up. I don't know. Um, this is this was a this is they put up this. They, they, this is a, okay. my, the screenshot you sent me doesn't show who tweeted this. Okay, but that's where I got it from. Okay, okay. okay. It one, Great. And Great. they said, "What's more important to winning when it comes to winning hashtag fantasy baseball? The draft choice one, or in season management choice two? And there were 474 votes. <laughs> and the final results were, hold on to your seats, 78% of people said, okay, the obvious choice in their minds is in-season management, okay? So that is, to me, the most fucking moronic thing I've ever seen in my life when it comes to fantasy baseball, Paul. You know, you're going to sit here and tell me, you make the argument to me. Okay, that if you have a shit bag, horrific draft or terrible draft, and then you're going to do your, your in-season management is going to, it's more important than that draft. That you're going to save that team. You're going to compete if you just blow the draft. Okay. 
you can it's been said a thousand times you can't win okay you can't you, you, you necessarily overall or win the league at your draft but you definitely can lose it there's no doubt about that so if you blow the draft how they, how does in-season management work how does it matter it doesn't matter if you blow the fucking draft so don't look don't no one look at this poll and and think that this is this makes any sense whatsoever because it doesn't it's all about the draft it starts with the draft you know, if you don't nail the draft or do well, at least do well in your draft, because everybody makes mistakes and people get hurt and you have to change things and you have to do your free agency and you got to work fab and after the fact, of course. But if you don't have a core, like a solid team, if you don't draft a smart, a good team, man, you can, you can manage to try to manage. Because you got to remember, there's 14 other guys in this league that are managing a lot of their teams too. Okay. They're, they're, they're all doing, there's only one person drafting, there's only one person drafting your team, right? It's you. Right, you have ultimate control over that. Once the season starts, it's you against 14 or 11 or whatever size you league against everybody else competing for the same guys to try to manage and make your team better. Right? Okay. We all have a fab budget. You're trying to go if you're doing free agency. You're, you're, that, then that's when the battle starts at this point. But you have to start with the nucleus of having a good draft. So this whole this this Twitter poll is asinine. Okay. I'm sorry. Bad result. Don't follow that. And of course you agree with me, right? Right, right Jack. 100. percent Hundred percent, you. Yeah, I think it's stupid. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So we don't we don't have to argue that point. And what was, and what was the other what was the other Twitter thing that drove me insane that I sent you? Uh, you said the ways to save fantasy baseball. Was it a yeah, this, yeah. this is another beauty. This is another beauty. I, I saw this tweet. And I screenshotted it because it was like I don't know who wrote it on Twitter, but he said he, you know there's a there's enough. Uh, blah, blah, blah. He said I was flipping through Sirius yesterday only to hear a sh- uh, as a show topic, uh, and the show topic was ways to save fantasy baseball. And it went on to talk, basically talk about how fantasy baseball sucks, you know, and uh, and and how we should, we we need to save fantasy baseball. And who who does again? Who does this come from? It comes from elite sports. And again, not to say they can't do some good work here and there, but but this you know Jeff Manns is going off about it because he's a you know trying to compare like you know baseball is so crappy, you know the way they do things compared to football. The problem, what destroys fantasy baseball, is that idiots like this that say it needs saving. Right. That's the, you know, I understand it's a more complicated sport. You know, I'm sorry if it's not dumbed down to the fantasy football level or fantasy golf level or NASCAR or whatever the hell you play. I'm sorry about that. Right. But there are many different formats in fantasy baseball that make it appealing. NFBC has these formats. Okay. They have cut lines. They got best balls. They got draft champions. They got, it's not all roto. Some of it's points lead. There's, there are other options you can do. Right. But the, the argument here is like, you know, fantasy baseball needs savings because it, it doesn't, it doesn't innovate. It doesn't do gimmicky shit that football does all the time. Right, it's it, it, you, you can't compare the two. Right, it's a different thing. Fantasy po- baseball will never be as popular as fantasy football because the overall IQ of society is 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 is, is dumbed down for a fantasy football level. Okay, we're not we, most people are not don't operate at a level because fantasy fantasy baseball takes a higher level of IQ and intelligence to be successful at. It just does. It's a, it's a, it's the most highly skilled you know fantasy sport you can participate in by far. Right, so don't try to go out there and you, you got a bad mouth and come up with these gimmicky, stupid football-like ways to try to make baseball better. The problem is people like Jeff Bands, you know, who likes who likes to yell and scream sometimes and rant and rave. And I can tell you that ranting and raving and screaming and yelling is no substitute for you know talent, right? So that's the thing. I might rant and rave and scream and yell sometimes, but I'm not trying to do it as a substitute for talent, right? The other people do that to try to be shocking, you know. Like if I yell and scream long enough and I rant and rave and I try to be and I try to be controversial rather than just naturally being controversial i'm going to stir up the pot but that's why he does that kind of shit and then he gets people aggravated by doing it because he wants to get a rise out of people about saving fantasy baseball you know the best way i'll tell you the best way to save fantasy baseball okay the best way you can possibly do it 
is really to, you know, put some, get, put, put some personality behind fantasy baseball. You know, ba- football does that. You know, they made, they made a spectacle of it. They did that with poker, right? When they made the World Series of Poker, they, they, they focus on the personality because poker, I said this before, is a boring, it's not a sport, it's boring. It's people playing cards, okay? Oh, it's somebody, a hobby. Right, it's a hobby, but they made they made it be like this this big competition, and we look at all these personalities, you know, a la Mike the Mouth, you know, Mike Matt, the, the poker player, Mike the Mouth, whatever, you know. It, but people want to look at the personality, see what the personality, and that makes it interesting to track. Do that. There's many ways you can make fantasy baseball much more, you know, um, uh, enjoyable and whatever. I mean, I drive a ton of people to these live events and and doing these drafts and whatever because I have a passion for this thing. This is this is a big part of my life. What I do, maybe it shouldn't be, but this is what this is what I do. And I'm doing I'm doing a podcast from some random guy from fucking Canada that I get nothing for because I love the I love the game, right? Focus on the people that love the game, not the people that want to bash on the game. Talk to those people. Give those people a platform to talk. Let you know go go do you know bring cameras and do 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 radio like right you know when they when they when they air the uh, the ultimate draft in three weeks from today. This is Friday right now, uh, here. Three weeks from today will be one of the best live fantasy events that the NFBC has to offer when they're doing the, 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 the my ultimate draft that I put together in New York. When we're gonna have 15 guys competing, you know, for a $40,000 league first prize, putting $5,000 ahead. And that, and it's like a home league feel, and they, and they, and Sirius XM covers it on the air. That's the draft to listen to on the air. That's the interviews that people to talk to, and follow, and and seeing, and really get the juice for fantasy baseball. That's when you, when you have not these experts guys that show up after fantasy football season just to get a lottie da through the whole damn thing, you know, and just throw out some freaking picks, and it's like a half-ass disaster that they're all doing out there because they don't give a shit about it, right? And and, and they make baseball the redheaded stepchild, you know, and unfortunately. <laughs> The NFPC does that sometimes too. And, and for all the great things about the NFPC, and there is a lot of great things to love about the NFPC, it is, and for people that are listening to this, it's a freaking phenomenal community. I think the best thing that ever happened is the, the people that I've met in the NFPC over the years, there's so many great guys across the country. Um, not you, Zach, I don't count you in that yet. I haven't met you yet, but I'm talking everybody else. Yeah. I've met so far. It, it, it gets, they're just such phenomenal guys. And some of these people you don't even know, you just know by text message, you know them by whatever. But it's it, it such a great social game to, to do these things and these events, and it's it, it's so great, you know. But 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 once but but once in a while you have to innovate, and 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 that that's that's what they're trying to say. So they're trying to bash baseball because they innovate. And and this is what I this is what I went off on this year because there's a whole big thing that came down with the NFPC that they, they did a major decision that was about about you know counting games beyond. I think I told you to look at this counting games in the standings beyond game 162. Did I you look that up? And I told you to look that up. Yeah, well, I read uh, read a bit of the blog. Yeah, so and I don't know what your position on the whole thing is, you know, in terms of you, and, I'll, and I'll give you mine. I do have uh, a position if you want to hear it. Yeah, let me hear your position. So I've been ranting a little while right now. I want to hear what you have to say about the counting games beyond one sixty two. One sixty three. One sixty two. Right. This is we're talking about. One sixty three plus anything beyond one sixty two. Yes. So, cur- so currently it counts, correct? Currently, right now, yes. The, the way it works right now, the, the, since the Major League Baseball counts these as extra, extra regular season games, not playoff games, yeah. that the NFBC currently counts them. And that's, that's changed, you know, over the, the, whatever that, whenever, I don't know when that rule came into play, how they did the tiebreakers, I guess, because of the, uh, you know, um, the way the playoffs. Yeah, the wild cards, and it could get more complicated like that if they add more. Right, it could, it could be 163, you could have a 64, you could have, you could have, you could have a chance. It doesn't happen every year. Okay, but yeah. what happened when it, when nice. it does happen, you know, everything's immediately thrown into a, a, an uproar because you have a situation where, right, not, the, the, the playing field is no longer level because it goes by the luck of the draw at that point of what players you have happened to have on your roster. Okay, you said the word luck. I, what, what do you consider luck in fantasy baseball? What, what, what items? Like, do you consider somebody getting injured luck, unlucky? 
Yeah, that, but but again, I, you have to, I, yeah, uh, yes, I do. But this I is the thing. Yeah, people, people getting the injuries are part of the game. Do you understand? The, yeah. it, it, we we all go. This is the, this is my point. I'm trying to make. Okay, with the, with the NFBC doesn't get and the powers that be don't get over there. Okay, we all start the season going in with the same level playing field. Okay, we go in knowing people could get injured. People could not. People people could get you know traded traded if you're in an an, an AL or an only league. That could happen. Some crappy bad luck could happen in many different. There are many ways bad luck could happen. But we all go in with the same, you know, level playing. We all know that there's going to be this many games. Not everybody's going to play every single game. You can manage your roster. You have the same fab budget. You have all these different things for 162 games, right? But the only and but the, what they're saying, little asterisk. There's this variable. Okay, once 162 is done, there may be a chance that there's going to be these extra games and whoever is lucky enough to happen to have some of these players that are playing in these games in the roster, you get to set your lineup and put those players in, okay, while the guy who may be a point away from a point, a point report from you in the standings can just has to sit there and fold his hands and go at the mercy of what happens in those games because he doesn't, he doesn't have a player to start because they don't have to be in those games. Yeah, there's no way of leveling that out. That's not fair. You can say, oh, well, they can pick up players on, on, on the waiver wire. Right. Well, so can other people. Number one, there's no guarantee you're going to get them if they let you do the fab the Sunday before. There's no guarantee you're going to get them. Number one. Right. Number two. Right. They're not going to equal some of the, the, these guys that are on your bench. If you got like three or two or three starters, four or five starters, and the other guy's got one, how is that fair? It's not fair at that point because it's no longer a level playing field. It's truly luck of the draw of who happens to be in the post or in these play-in games. You know, it's not the luck. Have- it's not the luck of the draw because injuries, game one sixty-three. It's not luck. It's circumstance, and 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 you you can. You can manage circumstance to an extent. You can you can you can draft players on teams that might uh, are good teams that might have a chance of making a playoff tiebreaker like Tampa Bay. So, that, so that's what you, you're or, trying to you're trying to tell me it's a good idea. It's a good idea that people go into the season. Hey, make sure when you're drafting your team in March, okay, that you draft guys that you may think might be in game 163 potentially, so you can start them that day when you're other, when the other guy you may be up against may not have. No, okay? I'm not saying that. That's not what no, I'm saying. Okay. What, what, what I'm saying is it's the same thing as, okay, well, you, you shouldn't draft, um, you shouldn't, you shouldn't draft a pitcher because you think you might get injured. Well, yeah, that could happen, but you, it's all, it's, it's a bunch of circumstances that could happen throughout the season. Yeah, but you're and, missing the point, man. There's so much, there's so much, there's so many other things that are way more variable out of your control than this 163 that are going to be way more impactful on your fantasy season. If you're going to lose because of 163, Win by a larger margin. Of course, but, but 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 you can't predict what margin you're going to enter. I mean, they, they, these game these leagues are closer than ever right now. Yeah, you can say, yeah, I'm just going to blow everybody out of the water by ten points. That's a nice that's a nice thought. That's great. You know, but you know how many leagues last year that I was in. You know, and I'm talking about in in my in my main events. Okay, there were I think three three of my main events last year that I finished first, second, and third in last year came down to the last day to determine who was going to win first, second, and third the last day. And, this, my old, and my old, and my old. This can work in your favor too. It, it can, but it, I don't want to win that way either, dude. I don't want to be in a situation where you know the whole season comes down to, okay, well, I have an unfair advantage because you know what? You have to just sit there. You have nobody to start. You have no players to put in, and I do. So I, I rack up a couple points in at the damn day, and you lose. You know, this is a six month. Oh, so, okay, okay. So Mike, if like, okay, you're you're in a league right now. The person that drafted Luis Severino, you're gonna say, okay, this is not fair. Like, take you, you take your money back. Like, this is I don't want to win like that. But everybody, everybody drafting has the same chance of that happening, man. Of, of picking, uh, you know, of, of everyone's got the same guy. chance. Yeah, of having Wait, that. 
So what? You don't think everyone has the same chance of drafting someone that's going to? And, and first of all, and we're not talking about we're not talking about regular we're not talking about the big regular the, we're not talking about the preseason the DCs. A lot of that crap happens because you know these are we're drafting so far out. But when we're time we get to the live events and you know and we're doing these drafts for the big game for the big money. I'm talking about the big money. I'm not talking about DCs right now. I don't care what they do. They want to play games. Extra I'm talking about whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't matter what the stakes are. Yeah, it does matter what the stakes are because it's like it's like you know what it's like playing poker. You know, if all of a sudden, a certain circumstance, you get the poker. Oh, by the way, there's going to be a second river card. We decided all of a sudden. This, this, is, this is starting at this table at this point in the tournament. No, we're going to add. That's what's happening because everything's everything's disclosed before the the season starts. There, it, yeah, but we don't. But we, the thing is, the problem is there's no way. Okay, we have when it comes to the end. There, the rules are defined. We're left at, we're there's left defi- at the. There's, there's defined oh, rules. I know. There, I know. I, I, it doesn't mean it's a good rule. There's a lot of rules that have changed. Fine. Okay? The years there have, made, there have been many rules that have been changed it's like people and this is not like changing obp or like, like bat, i made this point taking changing from batting average to obp okay that's a stat category you know that's that's a personal preference that's kind of thing okay that's not that's not changing the playing field because we're all going in at the same time yeah there's a there's a, there's a it's, there's enough variables here in 162 games right that it comes down to the end right but but there's no but when you have when you're all of a sudden there's no defin, there's no definitive finishing point for the season that's a problem okay because the game could go 163 64 there's no definitive ending point you know going in it's like it's like playing football well, we're going to start the season there's 16 there's how many weeks of football season there are that we count stats hey but there's a chance this is stupid gonna, this is stupid because what are you, you going to do oh the, um, I, I played against pl- uh, other teams that had more games that went into extra innings i'm i'm mad about that what do you mean more games are going extra? But like what do you mean? Are you going to be mad that's that the regular, you, that, that's playing against the, me and I, and I beat you in a fantasy? If I beat right, you in a fantasy baseball said, league and I, I had all the – I had the uh, Goldschmidt on the Cardinals who, but played, I have a, who played like but, 17 extra inning games. You're like, oh, you got more at-bats? But, but, but I have an entire lineup of players, okay, and, and control over it, you know, throughout the season to make compensation for that whole thing. When it comes down to the last day or two and then you don't have full control over all those things. It's not the same thing, man. It is. It's not. It's not. You can you can try to make that art. That that's the crap argument they'll make in the, in the NFBC to try to justify what's broken. And the problem no, is, they I read the blog. They didn't even make that argument. I'm I'm the only one that thought about that argument so far. That wasn't that, even exi- that, that didn't even exist. They're not even smart enough to figure out that uh, argument. And and then the other thing is the the, the, the interesting thing about the survey is 47 percent of the people that were surveyed disagreed that that rule was good. That they they they, they should have that rule. 47 percent. So if you if you own a company and 47 percent of the people don't like, if you had a podcast like you said, let's say you had a podcast that you had. Yeah. Okay. okay. Hypothetically, I'm trying, say, I'm trying to imagine that. Let's say if you imagine if you had a podcast, okay? Forty-seven percent of the people you polled say, you know what? I can't stand the fact that you have you know MDM on the damn show every day. I'm not listening anymore because you have this idiot that comes on your show and he's they would never say that, of course. But let's say forty-seven percent of people were just like, you are you going to continue to bring this guy just to be right? You know, have this guy come on your show if it's destroying your, you know, it, which could potentially, do, you know, you could lose listeners and lose business or whatever. If it was like monetized and whatever, you wouldn't do that. Okay, you, you, a good business decision is you listen and say, wait a minute, I just surveyed my and they and they surveyed their high stakes clientele, the top some of their top clientele, highest highest paid clientele, and not oh, yeah, and, 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 and then and because you're not one of those people, right? <laughs> but they 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 they, they surveyed the, the 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 first batch of people they surveyed and they stopped after that were the people that are the more higher stakes clientele or the more I guess that's well, that the, makes sense. That makes sense. Which because but which which should make sense is because you know that those are the people because not all not all clientele are created equal. 
in business. Okay, a guy that's you know doing two best ball leagues casually here and there, who spends a couple hundred bucks, is not the same as your whales that they call them like in Vegas that spend thirty, forty thousand dollars a year in league entrance fees or twenty thousand dollars in league entrance fees. Okay, and play in your high stakes things, or playing your platinums, or playing whatever in your diamonds, you know, or, or do five, six main events a year. They're not the same, right? Or people that have been veterans that come back every single year. You know, you should be listening to these people and what they have to say. And when 47% of those people disagree with a rule that you have, whether you agree with it or not, or whether you want to, you want to make some argument, you know, other, the other way, you should really take a look at that about changing it. You know, well, but when you change it, you're going to have 53% disagreeing with you. But, but, it, but, it, but ultimately, but ultimately you just, you, you're not changing any, you're not changing the core of the game. Okay, because this is the other argument they're making is that, well, you know, major league counts all the games, then all these games got to count. Okay, then don't have any contests that are out there. That, that don't count every single game of the season. But yet, football, we cut out the last how many weeks of the season because we, we don't count those. They, they count as play. We don't count. They don't count. They go into a playoffs or whatever. They don't count as all, well, we don't count all the football Week 17, games. right? That doesn't count. Don't they don't know. count all the football I don't games. Play the then, NFC, and, NFC, uh, yeah. NFC for football. But, uh, okay, but they, but they count. They talk them out. And then, they were, then, they, then, even, then even they, they even NFPC tried to roll out a contest where they were going to cut out all of September. Where we weren't going to count September stat. That bombed, okay? But wasn't that just cutting out an entire month of games? So don't be hypocritical. I can't stand hypocrisy. Don't be hypocritical and say, well, everything's got to count in the major leagues, but asterisk, unless we come up with a game format or something else that doesn't count all these games, right? It doesn't work that way, okay? Can't, can't have it both ways. So, so this is what I'm saying. Oh, hypothetically, if you, if you chose and say, you know, we're declaring that a game one, well, on that Sunday, but, and there's a reason why all those games start and at the same time on Sunday now, which is a beautiful thing they did, when those games are done, they're done. There's no like, okay, we're going to throw a random, you know, a, another more randomity into the damn thing at, on the last day. To screw, and you know how many people I've talked to? You know, you'd be one of those guys, okay, who's sitting there, can't do nothing on the last day and get, and get fucked out of eight, $10,000, $15,000. Uh, and there's many of them that that happened to. Because you got to bite the bullet and say, well, those are the rules. You know, you're, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I spent six months of my, my, my life grinding this out. I, I know the game one to see two, I should have won. But a little asterisk, these, these, little, these games just popped up and nothing I can do about it. So you must, right? hate, you must hate head-to-head. Yeah, head-to-head, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand. That's what, I used to play head-to-head games, you know? But that's, it's, it's way worse, though. Okay, think about it. Like, right, again, that's I, what I, that, but the reason why I don't play it, I don't have to agree with those, that, that format. And, I, and, I, and, I have, and what they have to understand, and this is what they take for granted. You, you know, we don't have to play this. We don't have to. We don't, you, you, you can't take your clientele for granted. Yeah, you know, because you just because you you, know, you run the, you because you run the premier season long contest in the in in fantasy baseball right now, you know doesn't mean you take your clientele for granted and say well whatever. Yeah, these people don't have to spend money with you. They can choose not to. I can I can tell I can tell you personally if I was ever on my last day and I got and I got fucked with this rule out of ten thousand bucks and I lose whatever I am playing anymore. Where do you go? Gonna, go? What do you do? Go to fan trucks and play head to head roto? No, I'm not playing head. I'm not going to do that. You know, but I, I it, it, it's a matter of principle. Yeah, this is not these guys. It, it's very easy to make these rules, okay? When you're not playing in these leagues, you have you're not you're not it's not your money in the line that's getting screwed out of the whole thing. You're not you're not, if you're one of these guys that are at the headquarters in and this is not your money, okay? We put a lot of money into this thing, and, and not your time that you just spent. You didn't just spend six months, you know, it, it doing this this work behind the scenes to, to win these leagues. It's a lot of work to do this kind of thing, you know. Well, so it's very easy to say and write it off. So. But uh, that's about getting my position of the whole thing uh, on the NFBC, you know, and obviously my position is probably the, 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 probably the correct position, as we know, in most cases, Zach, right? Of course. Mm -hmm.
It's debatable, as we've been debating. No, there, there's no, no the, debate. only thing, the only thing I can tell you is that a head-to-head is a terrible format. And it's one thing if you're playing with friends for fun, but when you're looking, when you're playing with strangers on, on these... Well, that's what, but that's what I hear about football all the damn time. It's, it's, it's a stupid head-to-head. It, it proves nothing. Okay, let's, let's imagine you worked at a movie, movie theater when you are younger, and at the end of the year, you're going to get a bonus. Um, one, and there's a couple employees there, and one person's going to get a bonus at the end of the year um, based on um, how many popcorns you sell. So it comes down to two guys, right? You mm-hmm. and this other guy have sold all, all this popcorn, but you sold 5,000 popcorns and you sold 2,000 popcorns. And your boss says, okay. Um, we're going to have a runoff. We're, we're going to have, yeah. no, we're going we're to have one, one week. Where, where <laughs> right. you, I know you sold 5,000 popcorns all year, but the other guy. And you, and you only sold two, but yeah. now we're going to put you head to head in the last week and the 2,000 guy can win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, right. Would you, would you want to work there? Of course not. It's bullshit. It's stupid. But, so but, what, but, what would you, like, I get it if you're, doing this for fun and you're playing with your friends and it's a home league, whatever. But when you're playing for uh, any decent stakes or even in, on any of these sites, you know, be it NFBC, Fantrax or otherwise, Yahoo, they have pro leagues. Why the hell are you playing head to head leagues? Like right, just, if you're exactly, actually still making any, money, any, it, it's stupid. It's fairness and a level playing field was it come down to bro. That's all I'm saying. Okay. There's a lot of random variables. You can make, you, you can have this argument, all these random things and whatever, but you know what, why introduce another level of, of, of randomity and unfairness and le- not level the playing field. It's hard enough as it is already all year long with all the stuff that goes down, like we just talked about over the course of a year. There's no reason for that. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to impact anybody. If you know going, hey, look, we're just going to declare this is the end of the season, just like you did in football, that we're declaring this is the end of the season because it's when the playoffs start. Everybody lives with that. No, no one's complaining that we're not counting the full season of games and the, only, the, other, the other last week or two or whatever playoffs. Okay, You can do the same thing in baseball. Okay, That there's a 162-game slate. That's what we're Holy counting. Shit, that's Rand- easy. Randomity is a word. It is. It is. Yeah. Wow. Again, I told you, Zach. I told you, Zach. 133 IQ. I know it's hard to believe. Okay. Well, you seem like a short guy. Yeah, and, yeah. and I just, like I said, I mean, I'm the most book smart guy in the entire world, but I'm telling you, pretty, pretty sharp. But the, but this is this goes back to having good. Bi- I, I've I've developed a good business sense, you know, over the years. You know, I ran. I did I tell you that I I had a couple of college business enterprises that I ran. Did I ever tell you about my college business enterprise? I ran two college businesses that I, that I, that I ran when I was in college. Right? Uh, no, you didn't. I didn't, I didn't talk about these kind of things. This, this goes back to my insane life that no one would believe that, that, I, that I ever did. Okay. So, but, but one was my sophomore year, one was my junior year. But this, this is, a, you know, one, one of the things we did in, my, in, my, in the dorms in college is we ran a chicken delivery business out of the dorms. Right. And, and uh, whatever, which was a very, it was a very booming enterprise. And it, it was great because it was this guy on our floor who basically was in an economics class. And one of their projects was, just, you know, setting up a business that you had to run and track and do this kind of thing. Uh, and uh, it's kind of like that movie Back to School. Did you see the movie Back to School with uh, Rodney Dangerfield? Uh, yeah, I've seen that. No, you didn't. You've yeah. seen that? Okay, yes, I have. Okay. And he couldn't give me a line from that movie. But, but, the, but the point, but the point. Okay, was no same, respect. It was, the, it was the same kind of, it was a kind of concept where, where basically these guy, this guy, apparently this, this, this guy who was in the economics class, he worked for a, a restaurant up, up in New York State, and he had, he had stolen their chicken wing recipe. So it was his buffalo wings recipe. So he had the sauce, he had the thing. So he, he cooked up this idea where how he would make money, whereas he'd buy all this chicken. So he bought like, I don't know how many hundred pounds of chicken. He went to the nurse's thing, got used the freeze the refrigerators over there, stored all this chicken in the nurse's. I don't know how he had a connection inside there to use the refrigerators where they refrigerated the drugs and shit. He put all this all this meat in there. You know, he had celery and 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 you'd get you'd get like um you know blue cheese dressing in a pack and he'd buy those styrofoam containers and he set up these two deep fryers. 
So what they did is he, him and his, his, his business, his friend, his roommate moved into one room and they set up the deep fryers in another room. So what would happen was in the dorm, you had these deep fryers going in the dorm. Think about, a, talk about, talk about fire hazards, okay? We had deep fryers going frying chicken wings and people would call and they make orders on campus and we would deliver these chicken wings and I would be involved in you know, distributing chicken and delivering chicken throughout the door. But what happened was it, it would like set up the fire alarms all the time because there would be so much smoke and, and grease burning because grease would be all over the place. And, and, and we knew we had it down to a drill that the, that the, the, the uh, campus, you know, uh, the fire department come at a certain point that we had, once the alarms went off, we had so much time. So we'd pick them up with boards and we'd carry them into the, it was like, it was like, it was like the great escape. You're trying to get out of the, out of the, out of the uh, escape. And we had to hide everything in the tunnel before they got there. And we pick up these, these fryers that were going throw them in the shower. So, and you put and then douse them in the shower. So by the time they got there, they would smell. Oh, we oh, just it was just a hot pot. The food was cooking. That set the thing off, and they would leave. And this went on for like a couple of few months that we were just cooking chicken and delivering. Of course, you know, think about all the health hazards and damage that was being done to this dorm until they finally figured the whole thing out. But you know, that 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 was like a the actual business where we ran out of the floor of the dorm it was a chicken delivery business. Oh, that was shit, it. Eh? This is the shit that happened in college. If you did that shit today in college, you know, you'd be arrested. For sure, not to mention that you, you can't even hang a thing on the damn wall because of the fire hazards right now. But to running deep fryers in a chicken business out of the dorm <laughs> was freaking crazy. And that we did was insane. That we not to mention, I guess, that the health issues, the you know, the board of health issues with, with raw meat and all kinds of crap. Yeah, you're, like that. you're probably like immune to salmonella now. Yeah, you, know, you know, whatever. But uh, but but the best one is what then then I you know as I moved up in my my, my junior year. You know, which and I, I decided, and I, when I you know I worked in the summer, I worked in one of my other summer jobs. This is after the movie theater. I worked in a, in a beverage beverage facility. It's one of those budget beverage facilities where you when everything was a discount budget place. So I said, this is pretty cool. You know, I, I have an unlimited supply of stuff here because because when the owners went around, we would just I would just take one of my car and I would load up all these extra things that we're going to get rid of, like you know the mixers and the, you know different things, right? Alcohol, whatever. Okay. And I loaded it all up into my trunk of my car. So I would do this for a while. So I would, I would be able to make off. I said, this is going to come in handy when I go back to school. Right. This would be, this would be good to stock a good bar. So, but when I got to school, I realized, wait a minute, I got way too much of this stuff in terms of mixers and, and, and beat and alcohol and hard alcohol. What am I going to do with all this shit? So, so the bright idea we had, and again, this is a small dorm room, figure eight, eight by 10 or 10 by 12 space was a room. And we had a loft so you could stand underneath it. So you'd sleep above it. So you have, you, you got a second split level effect and we had, a, we had a hold downstairs. So I get a, I, so my goal was I get a pinball machine, which is the obvious thing you gotta do for a dorm room, a real live full-size pinball machine. And I'm thinking, man, we get this <laughs> pinball machine. This is going to make so much fucking noise. We're going to get thrown out because of a pinball machine. Never was a problem. So it was a pinball machine. We had a pinball machine and we dismantled our beds. We didn't need the beds anymore. So we built a bar out of the beds. So we used the boards from the bar and milk crates and we built a bar. So this is great. We can run a nightclub establishment out of here. We can have regulars. We can have booze. People can come pay us. It's fantastic. So I'm like, what am I, 19, 20 years old this time? Okay, not not illegal, right? Right. So on a regular basis, we we, we got we, we had a name for it. It was called the cave. People would come. The doors would go. We had we had like 15, 20, 30, 40 people packed into this room as regulars, drinking, right, underage drinking, serving alcohol. You know, paying us to be there every time, whatever. So this went on for quite a while. This, you know, having our nightclub going in the room. When I get in, and I and I get called down to the dean's office. I was in the dean's office like every week. You know, it's like you picture like Animal House when you're like in front of Dean Wormer. That was me. I was the only difference is the dean of the college was like this five foot tall, 
maybe like skinny little old Jewish lady. Okay, <laughs> it was, and, I, and I, so I would go in, in this hulking, like my, my picture of my hair, Bon Jovi hair, business in the front, party in the back, Hawaiian oh, shirt, Hawaiian oh, shorts, and, I, and I'd walk so in, and it, it was like it was like this ridiculous look, and they walk in there with like totally disrespect. She's like, she calls me into the office and sits me down. And she goes, um. Mr. Masada, I, I might understand. She got like her hands together, you know, behind the desk, you know, tapping together. And she's like, you know, I said, might understand you're running a nightclub establishment out of your dorm room. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, I said, uh, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to lie. I said, yeah. She goes, she points her finger at me. She goes, you got 24 hours to get all this alcohol off this campus. Or you're, you're kicked out. <laughs> so basically we had this, that was the end of the, the liquor, the serving. But, but again, this That's is shit you... You would, do, you would do this shit today and you'd be instantaneously oh, expelled, expelled or arrested, you know, because the, the police state that we live in these days, you could never get away with that shit today. That we actually ran a nightclub, an illegal illicit brothel, basically almost, so to, so to speak, of the stuff that was going on in that room, you know? So that, that was like I said, these are true stories. This is the kind of shit that we did in school back at that. But this goes to show you, I know something about business. The, the long story short, to bring, it, to bring it one through this, whatever, I know something about business and customer service. That's the point I'm trying to make, right? So... Uh, but do they leave point, any time? Am I, am, I, am I done with time? Because we're past our hard stop time. Or we're, we are, we're not we actually are to, past our hard stop time. But so I, we're not going to get how to train your fantasy you, you know what? Sometimes you just have to be flexible to your, um, to your guests' needs. And you know what? You, you got to yeah, you, when they're on a roll, they're on a roll. You, those stories were those stories were really interesting. So I, I, I let you. Oh, they kept your attention. I'm glad. So oh, then yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm not sleeping. It's 1 a.m. I'm not even sleeping yet. Good. I'm good. I wanted to keep you like. But let's. I want to end it on, on something baseball related. So we we talked okay. about early early values and we talked a bit about it. Um, like I was looking at I was looking at a, like a November draft today and I saw like I was talking to you about it. I'm like Garrett Cole went 13th overall and then the same guy got Degrom. Like no joke. Um, that that happened. So somebody, so so wait a minute. So somebody, so somebody, uh, somebody got. I saw that on Twitter before. When when did this happen? And in what draft? Hashtag draft. Hashtag started, drafting started, with idiots. Hashtag yeah, drafting with idiots. Draft okay. champions, uh, one hundred and fifty dollars back in November twenty second. It started. Thirteenth uh, overall pick took Cole, and he ended up with Grom in the second round as well. I wasn't in. Yeah. I wasn't involved in that turn. Um, yeah. To stop Hash, it, I don't know if I ha Hashtag hashtag like I said, drafting with idiots. Okay. So I don't know what the who's in this one fifty. Somebody took um somebody took uh the first pick around two. Somebody took Pete Alonso. Like <laughs> you said, hashtag drafting with idiots. Okay, how do you have the Grom sitting there at the end of round one? Are you watching baseball? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I never draft. Why do I never get to draft with these people? That's the that's the only downfall. One of my strategies I told you before that's been successful for me. Okay, to get good at what I'm Is doing. Is drafting with idiots? You know, no, it's drafting with the best players. Oh, so, okay. when I, so when I when I do these dra drafts, I don't, I, I, I'm rarely in any draft championship. I, and I, you said I did like 10, 12. I've done at least that, maybe more by the time uh, this one's done. But, you know, when I'm drafting with these guys, most of the guys I recruit are the, are the guys that I know are going to be the top players that I'm going to be drafting against in these live events. Or I know they're top players. You know, if I don't meet them in live events, I know they're damn good. Because it doesn't, it doesn't help you get any better if you're drafting against these marginal players. Like you said, what the hell was that guy? You said someone drafted how many of my in draft champions? Oh, sorry. If you look at, you can see how many um, leagues people have entered. Somebody drafted seven. In, somebody has seventy-seven draft champions. Yeah, that's 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 his name is Eric Heberlig. Okay. Yes. 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 You're right. And his his problem. He's a serial drafter. You know that that was like, it's like a law of average. Like I'll draft in five hundred of these drafts and see law of averages and whatever. And he's the worst with the clock. He can't even keep up with the damn thing. You're always gonna yeah, win. Yeah, you're right. He is really bad. He's a, he's a freaking nightmare. Okay. He doesn't give a shit about anybody on the whatever. You tell him whatever and stuff like that. So if you if you see him on a band board, don't get in and draft with him unless you don't care. Unless you love waiting. You know. But he's he in a one hour draft. He'll take 
you know, he'll time out a few, even a one hour clock, he'll time out a few times, you know, whatever. I did one with him in it. It's because he's in, somebody, he's, in, he's in like every yeah. single draft. How do you possibly keep track of that? I mean, how are you going to manage that many teams? How many, how many draft champs are you going to sit there? And I see him, he signed up for main events and other things too. So you're going to manage your fab league and you're going to set the, you're going to set the, you're going to set your lineups for 80 draft champions leagues. I mean, it's like, it's, 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 it's insane. Okay. So you, 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 you could make your life a lot easier, but just, if you really want to get good or, or whatever, just draft. Yeah, maybe he thinks that's what, that's, I guess how you make money. He gets you what I win, you know, 20 of these leagues. And I think his winning percentage isn't even that high. From what I, but I think one year actually he did, I think he actually did win something. I think he actually won. He might've won a draft champion overall one year. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, uh, you know, I'm confusing with somebody else, but I know he won some, some kind of contest at one point where yeah, he came close sure. or he came I, close I, to, I didn't dig into it too much or he came close to, or he came close to one or whatever. You know, whatever. But the point is, I mean, you can do that, but and flood the field, so to speak, you know, and see what happens at that point. But, um, but again, but like I was saying before, I mean, I drafted against these top guys to get to hone my skills so I get prepared for when I'm doing these live events and stuff. So I'm never going to get in a draft where some, you know, Garrett Cole, I don't care. I, I was in November, I, I did a draft Champions League when I drafted Garrett Cole number two. This is before he signed with the, this is before he signed with the Yankees. You know, I, I, early, late October, but one of the first drafts I did, uh, it was like the second, it was a premature league that uh, um, Dan Kenyon runs every year. And then there's a second, there's a follow-up league that we do. And we do it by email. And then the draft room's not even open yet. And we're doing an email draft. 15 guys are doing this by email. That tells you about what kind of fanatics we are. We have to copy and paste, you know, round by round and track this crap and see who was picked. And you're doing it by, by that. There's no draft room. There's no player list, no nothing. We're drafting by, by, uh, by memory or by sheets we have on our own and, and, pu- and putting it out there and having an email thread. Which is, which is crazy. And someone keeps a spreadsheet for us behind the scenes and doing this kind of thing. So, um, but I, and I took Garrett Cole, I had a number two pick, I think, and I took Garrett Cole number two in that league, you know, uh, whatever. But I, and I tell you, even if I didn't take him there, there was no way he's making it to 13 and DeGrom going in the second round. What, what are people, how would that have possibly happened? I would love mm-hmm. to see the first round of that draft. What does the first round of that draft look like? Who would, what, what players are being drafted ahead of DeGrom? Okay. People don't understand if you hit on the right starting pitcher right, about to this day, about how much of an impact it has on your overall numbers. Because they, they count, you know, for like, you know, pitching stats are 50% of your stats. Half is hitting and half is pitching, right? And they have a massive impact on what you do when you have a guy like that's like a coal like that, you know, in terms of if you weighted it out compared to the hitters, they're the top picks. If you, but the question is always, it's always about you have to hit on the right one, right? And, that, and, they, well, and they say pitchers get injured. Well, you know what? Hitters get injured too. You know, and you, get, you do get a lot of busts in the first round or the second round or whatever. So but, how, do you feel, how do you feel about drafting early? Like, I know you do draft early, but do you, do you feel – actually, that's not the right question. Is When do you feel like that early advantage, like getting, getting in on players before the hype, like getting in on your Bichette's like earlier before he's – like like you said, starts to rise? The where, 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 where do you cross that line? Because right now we're February 20th. So do you, do you think we're like past the point where like – Yeah, there's no more secrets anymore. I mean, with the NFBC, ADP right now and whatever, like I, I give you an example. You know, like, you know, I was like, oh, you know, early on, Ramon Laureano, this, this, this is, this is, this is going to be, he's, this has got a bust out potential. Within, within four, three, four weeks, Ramon Laureano is one in the fifth round <laughs> in every yeah. single freaking draft. I mean, it's like, there's no secret. <laughs> or Bichette's going to go in the fourth, where well, you can get Bichette. He went, I think the latest I saw him go was like a sixth round when he, when he first started, sixth, seventh round. These guys yeah. around him in sixth, seventh round. And all of a sudden now he's, he's fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth, you're lucky fifth round if you're not drafting with idiots. You know, he's going early. At this point, so that's what happens with ADP and with NFPC, especially these guys are mostly savvy people, you know, or the or the or the, or the people that are drafting later are watching what the savvy people are doing, you know, and that's how they're that's how they're picking their picks. A lot of them go by ADP, 
Do you think, you know, you think, you think there's any value left in any players? I, I don't like the word value as compared to what? I mean, you know, I mean, well, I, I don't think there's anybody that's, I don't, there's any great, um, I don't think there's any great sequel. With respect to um, that's with respect to that same player later on, like when the main event comes out. So when, when the main event comes main out, event, I said before, when, when you go, when you, when you go to the main event, when you go to the main event now, at a better value than you, that you will be able to later, like that have like, of course, you're, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, but, but again, who do you think's, is there any more? Is, is there anyone that we're sort of forgetting about? No. <laughs> we answered the question. If you again in the high stakes league or in the arena or playing when these top these top live drafts, if not, if you really, you know, if you come with it, if you if you go to the table, you know, and go, oh, you know, I, I didn't think anybody, whatever. I don't think we, then you know, you know the guys. They, they say they almost like they grunt out loud or they say, oh, I can't believe he got. The, it's like no, dude. If you if you were if you were doing your homework, if you were drafting early enough, you would have known that guy was never getting back to you, right? Right. It happens all the time because there's always some guys in these main event leagues that just showing up there and very little, not or not not a ton of prep. You know, I would say 80% of the players are are phenomenal, and and sometimes you get like what I call in the league of death when you have like like when I was in Vegas last year when you have like four Hall of Famers in the damn league. It's luck of the draw, and you and you and you forget you're getting in the, in the whole league is just a, it's a bloodbath the entire league because you're not getting anybody that you want, you know. <laughs> uh, so because when you have one Hall of Famer to your right, one to your left, you're sandwiched in the middle, you're screwed. It's not nothing getting past anybody at that time. And, you know, and Vlad Settler's in that league. And, you know, it's like Rod Silver's in that league. And Lindy Hinkleman was in that league. And, and, and you go on and on and on. It's insane, you know, when you get a league draw like that, you know, uh, that's out there. So there are no, like, there are no soft leagues, so to speak, where you're going to basically get a break, you know, and have a league. But so, yeah, drafting early is nice because you might win some of your early leagues and, you know, kill it. What are you going to win? A thousand bucks? Because I, I nailed all these players early on. There's not any high, there's not these massive high dollar leagues. You're going to win a ton of money, right? But it comes down to game time. With these live events and these big dollar leagues, there, there's no secrets. There's nobody out there that you know, uh, at least the good players, great players, that they're going to know. Oh, this what we. Oh, I, I get I didn't get the value on him or whatever else at that point. I think there must be some sort of secrets left, like that. Well, not secrets, but things that are going to. I'm gonna, sure. Look, I'm there. There are well, people, more information is to or is, is to come over the next month. There, there will be, of course, there will be, and there's people that have their formulas and they have their algorithms and they have their. Speaking of which, tomorrow night, well, actually tonight now. If I get off this call with you and then I'm spending this podcast I'm doing with you at 1.15 a.m. In, in the morning here, I'll be getting ready and getting my draft uh, uh, prep for doing the Rotowire online. I, I'm doing an, an online championship league only because I saw that the Beat Chris List League came up uh, uh, on the board. And, so, and I, then I started looking at the competition that he was, quote, unquote, competition he was going up against. I'm saying there's no way I'm letting him just like, walk away and take this league this kind of comp these people here so i had to jump into the damn thing just to poke him and be in the damn thing i got the 12th pick in that one i either want to be the front of the back and i got the 12th pick which is good so being in a wheel of a 12 team league a lot of great things can happen and i can control you know a lot but being in that spot he's got the eighth pick so i'm really getting prepared i think he's eight or nine uh that i'm prepared for tomorrow night so i'll be doing that league tomorrow night we need to talk about that sometime uh, so you you, you surprised me through those little tidbits that you sort of just gloss over like you're saying there, there's a lot you can do with the 12 spot so you, you've talked about a lot of stuff including your jobs in in college but and you go and you talk for minutes and minutes about that but then you gloss over the fact that there's so much you can do with that 12 pick that real pick you know in these 12 team leagues do you want to expand on that at all well, 12 look, 12 team league is not my favorite format because to me, it's like when you do 15s like I do all the time, it's like when you do a 12 team league, it seems like everybody's being drafted too late or too early, you know, depending upon how you look at it. And then, and it's also, you know, everybody's got an all-star team. It seems like everybody's got an all-star team, you know, to me. When yeah, it feels like that when you're that's used it, to the 15s. That's what it feels like that. Yeah, for you know? sure. 
Everybody, everybody's going to have two closers, even if the crap closes, because it's 12 teams, not 15 teams. So now you're drawing on 24 teams worth of closers, not not 30 teams worth of closers. So it's a different ball game there too. So it's it's a different dynamic in these 12 team leagues, you know, to doing it. So you have to you kind of adjust a little bit like that. But but again, the wheel, you know, it's like when you when you push it up, it's it's one thing to be on the 15 turn, all right. But when you're on the 12 turn, I mean, the the wealth of talent that's going to fall for the first you know four rounds there, uh, is is, is amazing. What you can, you can start. You can start runs. Is that what you mean? Or yeah, I, I, I like starting runs. I like being able to control certain things, and, and you don't have to worry about double tap getting, catchers. Maybe later, not, yeah, later not, yeah. Double tap. You know, get get Sanchez and you know back to back with like you know who else? Uh, JT Realmuto. You know, my in my third and fourth pick. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I'm planning, which, yeah. which I'm planning to do when you know tomorrow night, uh, which I'll do because it's the best, the best way to go. Yeah, so it's the MTM special. Sanchez and Realmuto, and uh, the followed follow uh, by two, followed by two top. Followed by two top closers in round five and six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's the strategy going. Get rid of the, get, get get the scarcest categories out of the way, and yeah, then you exactly. and then right right after you, that you go with uh, D Gordon and Malik Smith in the next. You peg you peg and, and you got your stolen bases. You peg me. You got it. See yeah. see you're, you know me too well. No more, you know no more well there's no more secrets. We know your we know your secrets. Yeah. Uh, do you go? Um, I guess you're on the turn. It doesn't matter which one you get first. But you got so you go Real Muto Sanchez and then probably. Um, Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimball, Malik Smith, D. Gordon. Anyone, anyone I've missed? Yeah, you, you nailed them all. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah you nailed them all. And then a little Jared Dyson action just to put the, the, the stolen bases over the top. Oh, he might be starting. Yeah, that's a nice No, he call. is starting. <laughs> he is starting. In, in, in Pittsburgh, right? <laughs> in Pittsburgh. So anyone, uh, and, and that was in the news, too. I think you skipped over that part that you didn't mention before. I don't know who the manager was saying that they're going to run wild, letting everybody run. Which is, so which is who, do you think that, who do you think that impacts the most? Um, too bad Starling Marte is not, not there anymore. No, I, yeah, I, but I, like, Starling Marte, you know, he's not there anymore. But how about Kevin Newman? I mean, everybody's like a you know, big Kevin Newman fan in the teens this year in terms of the fit, you know, whatever. And, it, you know, you know the, the question's going to be, you know, is they, you know it's always going to be with the stolen base guys. Are these guys going to be allowed to run? You know, because you know, uh, and I don't think they give a crap much about Sterling. Kevin Newman hurting himself on the base pass too much. And if the guy's saying you're going to let everybody run like wild, well, Take that if if that if that's true, right? That makes him a little more valuable, doesn't it? At that point. So, and I think he's also multi-position eligible, from what I understand. Um, yeah, you you understood that for sure. Right. So you know, so things like that. You look at the little 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 things and see if it's going to be the case. Like you brought up Dusty Baker to giving people a rest. You bring up man, you know, managerial tendencies of certain teams do come into play, and you have to you have to listen to that kind of stuff. No. I wonder if I wonder if O'Neill Cruz is going to come back, uh, come up uh, for uh, Pittsburgh. He he spent um, some time in Double A last year. He could be. He, he's just, he's I, a, he, I think look. This will be my last little tidbit I'll throw out there. I, I think the person you should be looking at on Pittsburgh coming up that's going to make an impact on stolen bases is Jared, Jared Olivia. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not Olivia. That's the girl's name. It's Oliva. Okay. Oliva. Yeah. I, I, like I, like Tony Oliva, the great uh, you know uh, baseball player. It's Jared Oliva, right? Not Olivia, correct? I I agree with you. I'm not arguing. It's, okay, I'm just asking. It's, it. I'm just making sure we're going to get the name right. But you know, so people are searching for Olivia and they can't find him. But I guess that I think that'd be the guy that's going to get the first uh, crack. That they're going to put up there, and I, I think that be a, you know, not just a, he's not, he's not just a one-trick pony when it comes to stole, just 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 stolen bases. So, and I, I, I think I got him in a lot of really late rounds of a lot of the DCs. Not something you're going to draft and hold uh, right now when you do a, you know, a main event or something like that. But he's definitely something to look up in, in the future that's be on people's radar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
that's that's another thing. I don't like because speed is getting pushed up so much in in like the early parts of the draft with your Lorianos or whoever else, like your Victor Robles. Like there's Mercados. such a there's, yeah, there's such a premium on speed. But then once you get past like round 25, 30, all the speedsters, like when you're when you're deciding between like a Jared Oliva and uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another outfielder or like a Josh Reddick. Like, why isn't the speed tax in the later rounds? It's like people like once you once you get to the like the reserve. Well, because part, you're not well, you're not going past a thirty round team, league, league though, man. That's the thing. I'm talking about draft and holds. Oh, yeah, but like I said, but draft and holds is just, everything's a dart throw. So whenever whenever you get them, whether it's round 35, 40, I mean, you know, that's just that's a matter of just people's personal preference at that stage of the game, you know, because you know, there's just you're just speculating at that point. So all those picks are speculative picks after that. You know, so it's it's a different a different approach. You know, you know, why isn't this guy going? And it, because it's all over the board, you'll see that. You know, some guys will take like you know, like, like an example, Alec Mills. You know, for the Cubs, we're talking about he's he's buying now for a potential rotation spot for Chicago. He may not get it, okay, but he finishes. No, he won't Chicago. get it. It's going to be Cor- Corey Corey Abbott's going to get it. Yeah, Corey Abbott's going to get it, right? And and and, Ch- and Tyler Chatwood. These are all stellar options they're going to have over there. Well, not right? Tyler, but it, Corey but it, Abbott. You know, do you know who? Do you know anything about Corey Abbott? I'm, uh, let me let me should I look him up right now because he, he's is he one of those guys you're, you're touting that I should you know one of the top guys that I should be aware of you know because I don't hear about Corey Abbott all the time maybe he is and I missed him so we can, talk, we can talk about him next time yeah we're not talking about him now we're not ending the show on Corey Abbott right? no. we're ending on a high note we're ending we can we can add on Jim Abbott Jim Abbott yeah he was the guy he was the guy with the one arm the one hand right yes we can talk about him throw throw a no hitter too or perfect game or no hitter was it? I think it was a no-hitter. I think it was a no-hitter. I don't think it was a perfect game. It was on the Yankees. I remember that. If memory, if memory serves me correct, yeah. But, uh, that he, but I, I know he did uh, He did throw a no-hitter, I believe. Yes. So it was a great, great feel-good story back in the day. Right. So, uh, but anyway, this was this has been great. Uh, you know, um, Zach, thank you for joining on my joining me on my podcast again. It was great having you on as my guest. You know, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. You know, I'll do it anytime. Like next time, <laughs> whenever, whenever you want me back. I know, I mean, I know you're not paying me, so. Um, but whenever I'm, I said, whenever we get on these shows, just remember the line you learned tonight. Hooper drives the boat, Chief. Okay, Hooper drives the boat, and I'm Hooper for these shows. You're doing All a great right? job, but didn't Hooper uh, die in the end of the movie? No, Hooper did not die in the, end of the movie, man. Like I said, watch I'm just the damn. I didn't die. Like I said, watch I the, the damn. It's one of the, it's one of the classic movies of all time. I mean, you want to talk about great characters, great lines. Roy Scheider, uh, um, what the hell is his name? Shaw, Robert Shaw. You know, Richard Dreyfuss. It was good I mean, back then, but like it, 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 certain it was movies entertaining. Hold up, no, certain movies no hold up. Does, really. No one doesn't. I've, I've seen I've up. seen pieces of Jaws. It doesn't hold up. I'm you, not. You, into, I'm not interested in watching Jaws. It's stupid. You, you can't you can't say I've seen pieces of Jaws. I mean, if people right now are that are listening to this on the road are are screaming at the rate at, at their at their phone or whatever. Listen to you on when you're dissing Jaws. No, no. Any, anyone that's going to be upset about this doesn't it, is too old to have a phone. What? There, anyone that anyone that's really upset about me not liking not being interested in the movie. Jaws oh, I, like is, what? You, yeah, he's right. Yeah, you they don't, they don't have I, a smartphone to yell at. Right, yeah, that's right. I walk around with my rotary phone. That's what I do with a very long cord when I'm driving. That's what I have in my car. The road, yeah. my rotor, my box phone is in there with the you know the cord. That's what I got. Well, no, I'm talking about people that are older than you. That must be like the Jaws is what the 77. Jaws, Jaws, was Jaws. I think was 76 or 78. One of those years. I'm. Not, I keep confusing the years. One of the anyways, years anyways, yeah. Like, but the point being is, it, it is a classic. Man. It was great in the time. It was great in the time. Like it's Star. I, star I'm, I'm. I'm going to watch it's Jaws. Star, to, star, is Star Wars data? We we show oh, it was a 70s movie. It's dated. It's not. Not. There are certain movies that stand the test of time. Okay. 
that, that, is, that is an iconic movie, and not just because it's like a shark movie or shark attack movie, whatever. You know, it was a brilliant with the di- the characters, the dialogue, the story. Okay, it's based on a, it's based it on. It can't be good. Like watching Jaws today would be like drafting Albert Pujols today. Like it was good back then, but nah. you got a lot to learn, bro. Just just like I said, we had this argument about watching the Warriors, another great movie. You should cold classic movie from the seventies that you should be watching. Phenomenal, phenomenal movie, uh, cultural movie, social statement. I don't know much about it. I wasn't, I wasn't saying anything bad about it. I just don't. I just said I didn't know the movie. I said my softball team was named after them, the baseball. Yeah, Fury. And you, and you, and you blew that too. Uh, we, we, our fastball, our, our softball team was named, was named Baseball Fury. I said, don't you mean Baseball Furies? Meaning that, like, like my, my baseball moniker in, in the NFBC has been yeah. Baseball Furies. Yeah, they I, I, I did, gang. I did, I did misspeak because I frankly didn't give two shits. But, Shit, I know, yeah. but, but, it, but again. It is, it is, and I, and I told you some interesting trivia there. That Walter Hill, who is a director of that movie, uh, famous famous Hollywood director, very good friend of his, is also a director. Will Tyre or a producer, Hollywood big Hollywood type. He's been in high stakes NFPC player for many years. I don't think he, he is, and uh, I don't I, I don't haven't seen him recently. But he was one of those um, one of those high stakes guys that played, and he happened to know Walter Hill, and he had he had he mentioned that he had saw the name of my. Uh, um, team moniker that came up and he commented about, oh, did you get that from whatever? And he, he started talking about how his friend, Walter Hill, I'm like, you know Walter Hill? That did the Warriors, which is, which again, Cole Classic still hands up, holds up phenomenally well uh, today. Again, movies you should be seeing to like enrich yourself, man. But you should definitely be watching Jaws. And that's your homework by the next time we get on the show. I want to hear your review of Jaws the next time we come on and we do a podcast together. Okay, I, I'll make you deal. I'll watch Jaws if you give me a report on the Fab Spent on Closers in the main events last year if i do what if you give me the uh, report of the, the the percentage of fab spent on closers in all the main events last year i, I told you man that's about i don't i don't do math man I, I told you that i don't i you have to give that to somebody who's going to be able to go do that go go talk to one of your contacts go contact like ray butler or zimmerman or one of those guys let them do all the math for you and come up with those come up with that number and find out what that is i know i wouldn't even know how to come up with the like get uh, the source of that information let alone uh, calculate it well, well, you, but, use, all, use all your connections i'm really right? hoping craig's playing the music right now Oh, the outro music. Yeah, I really hope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining. I'm just imagining the outro music playing right now. Right. Imagining what it is, how, how well it's going as yeah. he as he fades out. How many How many followers are you up to right now? I am up to. What am I up to? I I, I blew past the cat. I think as of before was. Yeah, like, I was wait, I was waiting to fly the podcast. I, I I went up another. I'm up to 410 right now. Okay. So look at that. So, Flying. Mike right? Mike Masato. M M I K E M A S S O T T O. Yeah. Is, is it time for me to change my Twitter handle? You know, is it, is it, if I if I change it, I might, uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna alter anything, right? If I just change my thing to like MT Mouth, like if I what if I just say at MT Mouth, like because you can't do Mike the Mouth because it's been taken a million times. You can't do MT and it's been taken a million times. What if I just change my Twitter handle to MT Mouth? You want my honest? You want my honest opinion? No, tell me. Yeah, I think if you change your Twitter Twitter handle, it's gonna have very minimal impact on anything. So it's not gonna matter if no, I change. It's not, it. it's not gonna matter. Okay. So that's what I will, uh, I will do that. And I will, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come up. How about this? We have a contest to rename MTM Mike Masato's Twitter handle. How about that? Let's get some, do a poll out there. Come up, come up, or not a poll, but put a question out there. Come up with a nice, my new name, a better one. So I'm not just using my name. So okay, easier, so we're, we're going re- to rename it, and then we're going to have four cho- four choices. And the, the, the largest number of votes you will change the name to, but we need to decide, we need to, do you need to approve the four choices? You know, they gotta, or, or, or let people post. We'll pick one, and the winner will win something. You know, they'll win, they'll, they'll, they'll win something for, uh, for uh, picking give me the name that I like the most, my Twitter handle. Come up with a new Twitter handle for Mike Masato, 
Because obviously that's not being used because I said MTM, I think MTM or I believe, or, uh, or I know that Mike the Mouth has been used a million times in different formats. So we got to come up with something else. What do you think okay. about that? Something, something creative. We'll do it. Okay. Something creative. Well, so we're all set up for the next show. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for letting me join again. And um, again, follow Mike and um, follow our follow-up podcast at, um, at Draft Champagne. And you know what? I've heard all this stuff about the five-star review. That apparently helps. I'm not sure. Yeah. So give, give us some stars. Doesn't have to be five. Where, where did that happen? Where do I, where do we review? What is your, you should, you should actually do You should do a review for us. You should, where, you should. Where, where, where do I, where do I go do that? Oh, I have to do a uh, review for you too. Yeah, I, don't, don't I do enough marketing and PR for you as public race as it is already? Actually, if you actually want to increase your listenership, you should make a five-star review on, uh, for a podcast. Go on to, you have a, you have app, uh, you have, you have a, you have a Samsung, don't you? Yeah, I, that's I, why I, we can't. That's why we can't text because you don't have an iPhone. Anyways, you can go on to you can you can go to. Google. I have a moral. I have a moral problem with giving Apple all my business and information, so I stick to the Samsung. That's what I do. All right, then I really don't know. Um, Google, Google it. How do, what, what am I looking up now? What some I, kind I of app? I have no fucking idea. Um, nice. Go on, like what are your whatever your things you have going on? Whatever you can, you can actually, you can actually go anchor. Um, go on Anchor or go on wherever you are, and you can maybe go to Anchor. You can maybe Google. Um, Google Apple um, Draft Draft Champions Apple Podcast and it, world world's crappiest Canadian podcast and see what comes up and probably it'll show up and I can review right there. If I do that. Oh, so it's my podcast again. Okay, yeah. Oh yes, it is. Whenever, whenever it's Zach, you have to understand it. Whenever it's something goes wrong and it's crap, it's your fault. Okay? So whenever, whenever so whenever all, all, the, all, the, all the times that you've been on, it's it's my podcast. But all yeah, the, whenever, whenever you're not on the podcast, it's no, yours. no, no, no. When it's when it's great, like when you have hundreds and hundreds of listeners, when we crack 500 listeners every time I'm on or more every damn time, and I've been told that's very good. We had that number of listeners that many that quickly, right? It's all me. When it's when you're in the tank and you're not making those kind of numbers, right? Or a cat's beating me on Twitter because of fucking you, right? Then it's your fault. I was beating right? on Twitter before we met. Right, but again, yeah, but then it, and you gave him a huge boost in damn followers because you had to keep put, pumping it out there. And you should be like pumping me up. You know, you, every listen, anybody listens to your uh, should be following me as well. So we should, I should be at a thousand followers. That's the next. That's the next challenge. Over a thousand followers by the time we get away next show. So we should be doing that. That's another goal. So you have, you have a lot of goals to work on. Yeah, I think we should actually. Uh, single out people that aren't following you and then directly message them. There you go. Get we're, on that right Let's there. knock door. Let's, let, the marketing, we're going to now door door. We're going to knock door door. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Get, your, get your administrative team on that right away. Okay. We'll okay. get we'll get Mike Curlin on that. Mike, yeah, Mike, get Curlin on it. He's got, he's got nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not busy at all. He's, right? he's, not, he's not doing anything else. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't write for Rotowire. He doesn't write for Fantrax. He doesn't have three other podcasts. So he's not busy. He can look at this. Look at this news coming across my phone. As, as we're wrapping up this podcast oh, boy. tomorrow morning, look at this. The hey. song, the song's already over. That you want all, right, well, all right. Well, all right. Well, we'll save it for next time. No, no, no. What's coming up? No, 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 no. We'll let people find it out themselves about it. You know, Frankie Montaz lighting up the radar gun and live BP and, you know, Luzardo pressing, uh, Luzardo impressing people, you know, uh, in live BP as well. So, uh, you know, it's going to further rise up their draft stock to the open, the open pitchers. Nice. So. Nice. I like it. All right, Mike. Well, we'll talk to you later. All right, man. All right. Thanks. Love every minute of it. Love every minute of it.